what's up everybody and welcome back to yet another installment of ask pj braun here at the blackstone labs headquarters once again we are back in the headquarters where we rightfully belong however i don't think this is going to be our last stop in uh the tour of pj braun's podcast because this right now is being filmed at my desk and eventually it will be upstairs in the official podcast room just waiting on a couple more components to make it extra pro for you guys. So with us today is the YouTube famous online sensation. Woo. And obviously just overall stud muffin, Kenny K. <laughs> What's, What's up, Kenny? On, everyone? Do you like being called a stud muffin? I haven't heard that one since like high school, I feel like. It's a good one, right? I had to throw up. That's a rare one, yeah, but it's a good stud one. Stud muffin. Yeah. Um, stud I like that. I like if if I'm called a stud muffin, I like that. I just put my live on just to see. Here, I'm going to point it at Kenny. There we go. That's one of those classical compliments. One it is. Those, it is a very classical compliment. One of those, the girl ain't got no game, but she definitely trying to get it in type ones. <laughs> I like muffin ass. Muffin ass. Uh, but stud muffin is good, too. Let me see who's coming on. There. Oh, Galactic Glamour Goddess is on my uh, Q&A all the way from Zurich. That is my colon hydrotherapist. Spent more time up my ass than anyone ever. Wow. Anyone <laughs> ever. Hi, Deb. Not a bad place to be. Not a bad place to be. All right, so let's, uh, let's not dick around. We, I wanted to bring uh, Kenny on here because, well, for starters, uh, he's an interesting guy anyway. But So we, we, uh, we signed him to the company, but we had talked about it for a while, right? And then yeah. we set up this little like trolling move, and it went very well. Like it, it was a tremendous success. However, there were some people that were writing things like, oh, like you, you, you bought out Kenny KO or you paid him to be quiet and this and that. And of course, there's going to be idiots that say stuff like that. I even saw people on, on his like wall and stuff be like, uh, oh, you sold out, you know, and stuff like that. But um, I think that we should just tell the truthful story is um, that we, I don't know how we actually started communicating whether i just said i thought he was funny on something or whatnot but we've never actually had any like negative or like shit talk amongst each other we've always been and it's not been a long relationship by any means but we've always been like respectful of each other's work i suppose is the way to put it and we actually met for the first time at the arnold this year briefly because uh you were with generation iron i remember that well and I had made a joke and I was like, hey, how come you don't uh, call me out in any of your videos? And uh, he responded with, because you, you tell the truth, you have nothing for me to call you out on. I expose people. And we kind of laughed and, and that was how it all started. Um, but Kenny, you were with uh, Magnum for a little while, right? Yeah. Yeah, I was with Magnum for probably like six months. And, you know... Um, wasn't a long thing. wasn't like something that I, like, I don't think they made you like, you know, a main like focal part of their marketing. So it's no point of like talking like bad or good on it. I just think that, um, I knew that you would be a really good fit for us. And, uh, we had started like bullshitting behind the scenes. And I think I, if, if I was remembering correctly, you might've used like glycolog or something before. Yep. Still have it for sure. One of my tops. So, when we first started, you were training for a show, you're doing stuff with 
uh, Tony Huge. But a lot has happened, it seems, in, in your life fast. Can you just give us a little, like, just give us, like, a background, like, from start to finish on, like, how you started with YouTube. Like, give us, like, the cliff notes, like, if, if you were doing, like, a biography on yourself to where you are now. Because you have way more going on now. Right. So I guess first to tell everyone, yeah, I sold out with PJ um, to hide information. No, I'm just fucking with you guys. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it was just a better fit. I guess let's uh, start with the Magnum thing before we jump into YouTube. Basically, I'm already censored as is so much and nothing against Magnum at all. You know, great CEO, great company, great supplements. But they're also all about the natural athlete lifestyle. And I don't want anyone to talk about steroids, SARS, for hormones, anything that's in that gray market area that would bring any type of backlash on them. So I'm already censored so much with YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all the social media platforms that I just didn't want to be necessarily with a company that was going to censor me so much more so in what I was changing on my content already to where I'm not being the original Kenny Keo and the emphasis of why my channel started. Yep. So um, basically my channel started just out of um, sports background and then getting into bodybuilding and being lied to just nonstop in the gym. Guys taking anabolics, um, different performance enhancing things. Obviously, sarms weren't relevant back then. But um, just constant lies. And they're taking the creatine, the protein, all these other different supplements, but not mentioning pinning themselves every single day or twice a week or whatever. How old were you when you started first working out? Um. I mean, I was in the gym at 18, but I had no idea what the fuck I was doing until the last couple of years. Honestly. When you were 18, did you think that people were getting big naturally? Yeah. You really did? Yeah, I really did because it wasn't, I felt like unless you were like already deep in the bodybuilding scene, like you probably were, yeah. like the vast majority of just the population who's in the gym has no idea. I think it's a lot more prevalent now. Mm -hmm. You know, you see someone, you're like, oh, they're on steroids or it must be on this, this, and this. And there's a lot more information out there with the internet and everything coming forward. But at least when I was 18, it wasn't really talked about. And it could have just definitely been like the area I was in, but no Where one had any idea about, you know, any information on it at all. What area did you grow so, up in? Um, and then of course, you know, myself, just like everyone else out there has idols who they look up to. And of course, all of my idols were people that were claiming the natural status and then come to find out, you know, obviously aren't naturals. Mm -hmm. So that was the biggest lie. And then once I kind of dove into that, I started to see when, when you were looking at them. magazines, did you think those guys were natural then? A lot of them. Yeah. Just really? Like they would claim it. And then, mm -hmm. you know, you would almost question yourself, like, are your genetics that much worse than that other individual? And obviously genetics play a huge factor. I know guys that are on way lower anabolic dosages than certain guys that are at way lower level taking five times the amount of say like a pro on stage yeah but um yeah you almost question yourself like are your genetics that much worse than that individual who's on a magazine cover and i mean yeah i'll admit like when i was 18 i thought a lot of them were natural obviously not like you know the massive bodybuilders ronnie coleman jay cutler all those guys but um it was definitely fun experience getting into it because it opened my eyes to not only the fake natty status and all that and opening up the information of what certain people are taking because i see no problem with that i think if you're taking something there's nothing wrong with talking about it in fact it just informs people what to do and then they take a more safe alternative route of how to either replicate that and then take their health into consideration rather than guessing and choosing what they think you would be on so um, then there was, of course, like the Photoshop, the scams online, 
um, cookie cutter programs. There's just so much like deception and fake shit in the fitness industry that that was like essentially where the YouTube kind of took off. Do you do you remember or want to comment on who you would say was like the first person that you ever like considered to be like full of shit or a liar to you? <laughs> Michael Hearn. You know, everyone uses Michael Hearn. And I, I honestly like, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it because for starters, let me just say that Mike O'Hearn and I are friends. But I would also I mean, I'm friends with Mike too. I would also say there are friends and then there's like your fucking friends. You know what I mean? Right. So like, for instance, now Kenny KO and I are friends. Like if somebody asked me, like, hey, do you know Kenny KO? I would say, Yeah, I'm friends with him. But we don't like hang out and like talk on the phone every day. Not saying that you have to talk on the phone every day to be friends with somebody, but like me and Josh, for instance, we've like cried together, you know? Like that's like a different level of bro, right? So I don't know right. shit about what's going on in Mike O'Hearn's bathroom, right? What's in the fucking cabinet. But he's been singing the same song for all these years, right? And so right. Here, here's my thing on, on Mike O'Hearn. I know guys that are inside that circle, right? that swear to God, they're like, I am the one that gets him his GH or I'm the one that knows the guy that gives it to him and he uses X amount of I use a day, right? So mm -hmm. I wouldn't think that those guys would be going out on a limb that much to lie, right? Like, right. what do you benefit from that? Now, on the other hand, just putting in any sort of like, analytical thinking as a guy who's coached and trained athletes for years, if he were truly natural, right? One would have to argue then he may have the best genetics of all time. Mm -hmm. And then why not get on gear and be like 12 time Mr. Olympia? You know what I mean? Right. Or at the very least like a movie star. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> why, why not? So it's really hard to say because if you've met him in real life, he, it's believable that he's not juiced out of his brain, right? He, right. he has a quote-unquote healthier look. He also mm -hmm. is not like mind-blowingly mind like muscular. He's a big man. There's a difference right. between being like a big man and then like mind-blowingly muscular. Like a lot of people didn't realize how big of a man Kenny K.O. was. Actually, Eric was like, man, Kenny's a really big guy. And yeah. I was like, uh, yeah, he has a very big frame. But then there's like Phil Heath, where when right. he takes off his shirt, you're like, what the fucking fuck? Like <laughs> no one could ever look like that naturally. You meet some of these, and I don't want to go off on a tangent and waste time here, but you meet some of these pro like football players, right? Some of these black dudes that come out from like the fucking swamps of Alabama and shit. And that's not racist, by the way. That's just the way that it is. I'm just saying where you meet these guys and you know they're fucking not lying. Right? They're just like, yeah, my name's Jerome. I play defensive end for fucking Auburn. And they're fucking enormous. And, mm -hmm. and they're not lying. You know, they're not on drugs or anything. They're just huge ass motherfuckers. Yeah, they're like six foot seven, like 310 yeah. pounds. And when they take their shirt off, you can't tell where their pec ends and their shoulder begins. <laughs> they're just fucking huge. Yeah, they're just so. Is, is Does Mike O'Hearn fall closer to that category or is he just a big fella? A liar, right? Because <laughs> his nickname is like Mike O'Tren. 
My thing is, it's like, I think he only hasn't, like, there's a lot of people obviously opening up who claim natural. Yeah. But he's been around for so long that I think he's just so deep in the lie that's like, why? There's, there's no way to stop now. No. Why, why go the other way now? You know, your entire career was pretty much based off of that. So, so when you when you were starting years, when you were starting though you were a fan of Michael Hearn like you were like I like this guy I like his look. Oh yeah, I mean he's like shredded year round. He's a taller guy, obviously, so I'm a taller frame as well. Um, super super strong as yep. well. So just impressive, you know. And you know, by the way, this isn't at all the bash Michael. Hearn. No, I, mean, I, I say the same thing. I, I, I like that's why it's a topic in general. Yeah. But obviously watching him on American Gladiator, um, his commercials and whatnot with Cali Muscle back in the day. Um, okay, what about Cali Ma Muscle's claims of being natural? Hilarious. Oh God. <laughs> so I, I think that it's much easier to call out Cali Muscle as being a liar, though, than Michael right. Hearn. Like, there are certain people that you could you could debate their side of it. I'll, I'll give you one of the ones that is most often argumented. Dana Lynn Bailey. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, has same thing. She is like the female Mike O'Hearn. Yep. Now, right. do, do you believe that she is natural or do you believe that she is not natural? See, she, so I got a lot of flack for this one because I didn't like call her out hardcore when yep. I phoned with her at, uh, I believe it was the Anaheim Expo. But her and Rob were there, and of course she claimed natural and went into how long she's been training, how long she does her preps, you know, whatnot. But I still don't think she's natural. I know she still claims it, and there's mm -hmm. a lot of people who are on both ends of the spectrum, think she is, think she isn't. Um, I personally still don't. I still think she's a friend and whatnot. Yep. But, and, that, and that's just my opinion at the end of the day. You know, it, it's hard to tell. Cali Muscle is a pretty easy one, though, at least for me. And I'm glad you brought that up because he was so massive before. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, he lost a ton of muscle. Lost a lot of muscle. Like, out of nowhere. So it's like, okay, obviously, like, you know. But DLB is consistent, has been fairly consistent over the years. Right. And another thing with DLB is when she competed, right? Mm -hmm. She started in figure and then they started the women's physique division. They had her be the inaugural champion, which was a great idea. There was physiques far superior to hers, but it was very smart for the sport. Now, the one critique that I had of her is, and anybody that understands chemistry will understand where I'm coming from. Also, anybody that's worked with women will understand where I'm coming from. Her lower body was very soft compared to her upper body. And I've seen women naturally get really, really fucking lean. I've seen natural female competitors get very, very lean, but they always have soft asses and hamstrings. And the only way to really get that, unless you're just genetically, like some Irish girls just have no fat back there. Shout out to the Irish curse. Um, sometimes you've got girls that are, are just genetically lean back there. 99% of the time, though, they need Nolvidex, tamoxifen citrate. Some of them are using things like Arimidex, whatever, right? So her ass being that much softer than everything else made me wonder two things. One, maybe she is natural, okay? And two, maybe she isn't natural and they don't know what the fuck they're doing with their gear because how could they have her that hard up top and that soft on the bottom, right? It has to be one of those two things. There's not like these other, 
well, I think she does a little bit and then stops or does this, then stop. You're either, you're either not natural or you are, right? right? In my opinion, if you've done one cycle of Anavar ever when you were fucking in ninth grade and you're 40 now, you're, you, you're not natural. And you if fucking, you're doing fucking right. cycles of Anavar in ninth grade, you got a fucking problem. <laughs> So, so dude, that up a, oh, fuck. Okay. I don't know if you've seen. So Julian, do you know who Julian Smith is? I, the name sounds familiar. Shout out to Tiny Miller, by the way. I didn't know you were Irish. Like big social media guy on Instagram and whatnot. He calls me out because I've been wanting to drug test this guy for a while to prove he's unnatural. Okay. But he claims natural, but he admits to taking pro hormones back in the day. Doesn't count them. Right. And that's, that's my point. It's like, I don't even have to test him. I still want to, because I, I want to like show people on paperwork, but yeah, he claims natural, but he's, he admits to taking pro hormones. So I think there's just what people consider natural and unnatural, really weird divide. Yeah. There's a strange people. divide. Uh, to, uh, a lot of the natural people I know think that if you can buy it in GNC, it's natural, right? That's their perspective mm -hmm. behind it. But then I know some hardcore there are hardcore natties, and, and I, honestly, I have, I'm going to give a respect and shout out to some of these guys, right? Because most of the time, they're actually like either PhDs or MDs that are, that are actually extremely educated on the human body. The super hardcore natties aren't using shit. They're not using fucking shit. And I'm talking like even like creatine. creatine. That's what I was They're say. just eating fucking food, and that's what they do. If they want to pump, they fucking shred up some fucking beets. You yeah, know what I mean? Like caffeine, they drink black coffee. Yes, that's the hardcore natties. Yeah. And then outside of that, you got people that are like, you know, well, I use creatine and BCAs and glutamine and and, and I could still support that being, being natural. And then there are the, it's not natural if you if you can't buy it in the store. And I'm like, well, I got news for you. There's a lot of shit that you could buy in the store over the years that you yeah, can't buy in the store now. Yeah. So if you did a cycle of Superdraw, which is now considered a steroid back then, are you going to say that you're still natural when Superdraw is about as fucking anabolic as Dianabol? You know what I mean? Right. Um, so back to the original question, which was who was the first person that you thought lied to, to you is Mike O'Hearn. I I hate fucking saying this because it's going to this part of the podcast. Somebody's going to cut it just like they always do and turn it into me being a hater. But yeah. I feel that DLB is slash was we'll say was the, the female equivalent to Mike O'Hearn. And mm -hmm. I honestly think it's worse. I really do because there's all these fucking Women, girls yeah. crying and wanting to meet her and love her so fucking much. And you're never, ever going to look like that ever. Not even a shadow. Not even close. Now, don't get me wrong. DLB had a fucking amazing physique and she trained very, very hard. Trained very, very hard. You can't take that away from nope. anybody. No matter what they take. At the same time, not to be a dick. I don't know if I ever saw DLB do anything in the gym that like broke any records in my mind. You know what I mean? Like. I don't remember, mm -hmm. recall her doing anything that I was like, damn, what a motherfucking machine. Whereas on Mike O'Hearn's side, I've seen him do right. some shit, drugs or not, that is, you're like, holy shit, because there's a, plenty of dudes on Juice that will never put up numbers the way that Mike O'Hearn did. I mean, maybe not in person, oh. but when I first started following DLB and stuff, like about a year before I started working here, I remember specifically seeing a back day that they filmed mm -hmm. in their little uh, warehouse they had at the time with all their custom back equipment and shit they had welded together. Yep, I worked out there. Good job. And... I remember thinking to myself, and also this was before I worked at Blackstone, so it wasn't as you know into the fitness industry, but I remember thinking to myself, like, how is this girl lifting this 
insane weight this good of form. Yeah. Like I remember seeing videos of her at least on back where she was doing some pretty impressive shit to me at the time. Yeah. Right. Maybe not like world breaking or record, you know, smashing, you know, but I, so there was this, there was this thing. Uh, I'm going to date myself. Right. And I want to <laughs> believe that it was called the isolator. And she was the face of that company. And I'm talking like fucking 2007, 2008. And she had like a chiseled six pack, right? And she was coming up in figure, not even doing well at nationals yet. And I met, I met her and I was like, this, this chick has a great physique. Um, in fact, my initial thoughts were if she had boobs, I'd be all, I'd be all about it. And then the, the, the anti-boob people will get mad at me saying that. But from then till when she got to like the peak of her career, she got dramatically bigger and mm -hmm. it just doesn't work that way. It just truly doesn't work that way. And again, this is not to bash her. I, I always liked her. I liked Rob. By the way, I, I owned part of their business. So there would not be a run everything if it wasn't for partly me. And I won't say in an arrogant way because Aaron was the one that wanted to do business with them. Um, but Aaron, his exact words were, hey, they're so fucking popular. We should start a company for them built the same way Blackstone Labs is. And we'll just run the business side and let them be the faces. He actually presented the idea to, to Rob. And Rob's answer was, honestly, we don't use supplements. Didn't want to do it. I respect that. Came back a year later and was like, damn, you guys are making so much money. Let's fucking <laughs> let's, let's rethink this. And that's, mm -hmm. that's how that all started. And since they were using the Blackstone Labs team and the Blackstone Labs office and everything else, we started by having 30% uh, of that company. And I had some nice paydays in the beginning because of uh, Run Everything. And I like them a lot as people. Um, yeah. Rob is a marketing machine. I will say that. Yeah. Um, but never for one second that did I ever believe that she was natural or did I feel the, the even getting into a conversation with her because I don't care what I do kind of care about though, is when people really push that they're natural, especially right. when no one's really asking you anyway. I just think that you're, you're sending a, a really like you're not representing yourself the right way. You know, like you're, you're, you're a fraud is the way that I kind of look at it. And on one hand, I understand why you would do that. But now in today's day and age, I just don't see the, the, the I, I don't see the point of doing it unless beyond all shadows of a doubt, you can go and do the, the blood work in front of everybody like we did with Keon and show that you're fucking natural. And the only reason that we did that with Keon is because I just couldn't believe that somebody was that fucking good naturally. So I was like, boom, here's your drug test. Here he is. Now let's get him on some fucking gear. But right. with, with somebody like Mike, who's still going that way, I just... Mm -hmm. I guess he just, in his mind, he's like, I can never, like, abandon this story, you know? Yeah, it's just so invested. Like I said, you just get so deep into it. That what's the point, you know? Your entire career in life, you pretty right. much claimed it. Who what I found funny, though, is anytime I'm on Instagram or social media, whenever I see natural in a bio, yep. more times than not, they're unnatural. Of course. I feel the ones that feel the need to, like, publicly say, like, I'm the best, the best natural athlete are the ones that aren't natural. Who do you think really is the best natural athlete that you believe is natural? Mm, 
It's hard to think of. We're talking like bodybuilding or just social media? And uh, like, well, let's let's say like social media. I get. I mean, bodybuilding and social media are different because like a good natural bodybuilder is like Lee Norton, who is a very average right. looking person, but he really was natural or is natural, you know? And that's like what right. natural looks like. Then you have guys like, and this is, again, everybody takes what I say the wrong way. Do you know who Doug Miller is? Yeah. Do you believe that he is natural? Mm, I don't believe Doug Miller. I think Lane Norton, yes, is natural. Lane Norton, definitely. Josh, you know who Doug Miller is? Doug Miller's company buys our products, and if they stop, if their store stops carrying our products after this, I'm sorry to my dad and Sammy and anybody else in wholesale. I'm not trying to call them out or talk shit at all, but here is, I'm going to show you Doug Miller, Josh. Nobody watches our podcast anyways. Yeah, you're right. (laughs) Um, So, all right. Some pictures you can absolutely say, all right, I think this dude is natural. There are certain aspects about him where if he is natural, he has, without a doubt, the best biceps in the history of biceps for a natural bodybuilder, right? Right. Um, Because there are other aspects of his physique that aren't really all that impressive, right? I would say, like, but his arms, could somebody have genetically really that good of arms naturally? Right. Holy shit. Showing Josh right now. You can't see us. There's no. No, I probably, I probably know exactly what you're showing, though. Um, no way. I think you can be more genetically gifted than certain individuals in a certain area, but to take that genetic gift to that level, yeah. I just don't think you naturally. No. And if you're telling me just the biceps. It's like someone that has like an incredible chest naturally. When you hop on gear, it just makes that already good looking chest that much better. Right? Exactly. So I but, think he had great bicep genetics to begin with, but then there's no way exactly unnatural. probably unnatural just made him that much more crazy. I don't. What I also don't understand is if you were that good natural and you do compete. If you don't compete, totally different story. Yeah. Totally different story. But if you were that good naturally and you do compete, why wouldn't you get on the good stuff and go mm-hmm. like win the Olympia? Which, if you're that right. good naturally, how the fuck would you know you're this good naturally if you weren't in the gym trying to be better, in which case you've never thought about taking So, the period. picture that I'm showing you right now, Josh, right? This back to the bicep. No way this dude if that was truly 100% drug-free, why wouldn't you get on a little bit of shit? And be Mr. Olympia. And be, be what would be the equivalent of, like, the great white hope, right? You'd be, right. You'd be that one white dude that could the freaking g- hang up there <laughs> with Phil Heath and Ruley and all these guys. Right. Especially because anytime someone tries to use the I don't for my health excuse, um, like it's just the most stupid excuse I've ever heard because they're not well, even like no. dangerous. It's any, just as inaccurate. As long as you're smart about it. It's just inaccurate to yeah. say that. Well, I, I get into that. that It's all like dosage yeah. dependent, PCT, blasting crew. I mean, as long as you're doing your research, like guaranteed people die more from taking aspirin and yeah. all sorts of different stuff than yep. they ever will from a steroid. So. It, it's it's a tool just like anything else that a doctor can prescribe to you. Um, that, and that's, I, I, you know, I kind of wanted to say when you were talking about DODLB and um, uh, Michael Hearn, like, I think that, you know, just because that, like, if you were to say like male and female, those are the two that come to mind first. Yep. There's something to be said for those individuals in the sense that like everybody that you talk to pretty much when you ask them that question, those are the two people that they bring up 
in in which case really speaks volumes about um, how well they can market themselves and how how good their physique looks, uh, natural or unnatural. Because if it wasn't them, it would have been somebody else that did the same thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like there would have been somebody else out there that would have told the world, hey, I'm natural, whether they were or they weren't. It just happened to be them. And they were both so good at it that pretty much across the board, no matter who you ask that question, they, they say those names. Like that's pretty astonishing mm-hmm. to me that anybody on this planet could whether they're lying or not, be that influential in any marketplace. The most influential people, though, are the natty ones that are not natty. By far. Yeah. By fucking far. That's the only problem that I have, is you've got these sheep that are just flocking to the fake... The imposters, right? These false idols is the the term (laughs) that I like to use. And they're li- they're fucking blatantly lying, and that's not even what I wanted this fucking show to be about. We just happened to start start talking about this, but it, it it's I honestly think that it's fucking a sad, but I I actually find it to be like very comical. Well, I mean, like if you think about it, just apply that theory to any other industry, and it, it happens in the same way. Like look at um, you know, like YouTube, like we were talking about earlier, Kenny, like. Somebody mm-hmm. out there is, you know, telling people that they they do and get and are way more than what they get through just their social media. Mm-hmm. And it's got all these other people online saying, I'm going to go start a YouTube channel and I'm going to get free car parts or I'm going to get sponsored by Blackstone Labs or I'm going to get this or I'm going to make a million dollars or or they're doing the whole like Gary Vee, like entrepreneur thing. Yeah. Like, oh, well, mm-hmm. entrepreneurism is really big right now, so I'm going to go and do it. And then there's people out there that are taking people's money for classes on how to build a business and they don't have a business. Like, you know what I mean? Right. So it's kind of like the same thing in any industry. Like, yeah, I mean, the, it's just sad to me that the false idols are so fucking strong in the fitness industry with who people le- believe, you know? And it's funny you even too. have uh, natural bodybuilding shows. And I know personal friends that compete in nat- or, uh, natural shows, sorry, that are unnatural. So I'll have comments where I, like, I'll make a review on some physique of someone who competes in natural federations. And then I'll make a comment like, yo, even though they get drug tested, they go through a polygraph test, there's still things you can take that get them through the test. And a polygraph is really just a skill. Yeah, absolutely. If you fully believe your lie, you'll pass a polygraph mm-hmm. test. So like, for instance, there was Simeon Panda who passed a polygraph and posted his results to a YouTube channel or to his YouTube channel in a video. Everyone's like, Oh, he passed a polygraph. He must be natural. What is, uh, who's the fucking Asian? Who's the big Asian guy? Uh, how to pass a polygraph test. There's actually like courses. Yeah. There's books on it. Who's the big Asian guy over in that federation? Um, that Simeon Uh, Panda's in. Yeah. Is he, does he say he's natural? Yeah. He does. I feel like his reasoning though is, is kind of legitimate because I know I understand. He's in one of either North or South Korea. Yeah. One of them has a super harsh penalty. They'll for fucking cane you to death. They'll, cane, they'll fucking cane you to death if you take steroids. It's like so, death by like repeated like I, pebble blows. But I don't understand how that dude's not dead dead because like obviously he takes steroids. You've seen him, right? Yeah. I've sent you guys uh, a yeah. show with him. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think his reasoning is just whatever the penalty is for yeah. whatever country he's in is the reason he doesn't open up and he's like a mega star there so like you can't again it's like why does he feel the need to claim natural he could just not acknowledge it well i mean look at like michael hearn though in his defense right let's say let's see from the start he was like yeah i take steroids probably would have missed out on all those tv gigs probably would have missed out on all those men's health covers and this and that so 
I guess you have to respect the financial side of it. You know yeah. what I mean? Right. Yeah. I mean, you got to. You're trying it. to make a living. You're not. It's very hard to make a living as like one of the drug guys. Well, I mean, you got to right. figure if you were to take some of the things of technology and social media, put them into play back when Arnold was first coming up, he probably yep. wouldn't have ended up being the Terminator if he was on YouTube talking about how much D-ball he takes. Yeah, but Arnold is essentially, be, you know, him and Hulk Hogan, they're like the most famous juice heads of all time, right? right. Besides Lyle Alzado, who unfortunately got a, gave juice a really, really bad rap. But if you read Steroid Nation, which Ken, if you haven't, I highly recommend it. Um, okay. Steroid uh, Nation was written by one of the top writers at ESPN, and it actually um, goes through the entire history of steroids in sports. And Lyle Alzado actually did not die of steroids, which is what he was blamed for uh, on TV and all these things. He had a number of really bad uh, things going on with him. Uh, he had fucking cancer, AIDS, all sorts of shit going on. Um, and when he was in a very, very deteriorated state, and his mind wasn't there anymore, there was a TV reporter that was like, "I want to do a, a a report with you and get you on TV and like you know, put you out there, but only if you will say that you know like steroids did this to me." And the people in his circle were so upset that she took advantage of him and did that because he didn't even know what the fuck he was doing anymore at that point. So you had Lila Zeta, one of the most badass football players of all time. Skinny and dying, basically saying, yeah, steroids killed me, gave such a bad rap. But the doctors right. that were behind that case were like, no, 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 no. They might not have helped him, but he was fucked up way, way, way worse than any of this shit. And, and now you have these things from the past that give people like a really like bad, like preconceived notion of what like, like juice is. Because we don't look at, we can joke around, but like we don't look at juice as like drugs. You know, like it is a drug. It's a performance enhancing drug, but like you can't categorize juice the same way that you can crystal meth or heroin, but to the, to the clean public, right. They will. Yeah. Right. I, and then it's even like, uh, not even just in the bodybuilding scene. I, I, even still, there are so many people blind to it just in the sports world. Like you were talking about with football, cycling, uh, MMA, boxing, uh, like it's just more prevalent than I think people really think way more almost as popular as just like your regular creatine supplement yep. like it, more more times than not nowadays someone's going to be on something to get the advantage because especially when you're at that professional level you're basically hindering yourself if you are actually natural and, and, and why, you wanna, yeah, why wouldn't you know you? be the top of the top it's just what comes with the territory is what you have to do well, and it's not regardless only... what sport it is, unless you're like playing chess or something, yep. you know, but, uh, but then even then there's probably some nootropic out there that gives you an advantage. So, oh my God, let's not even get into nootropics. Well, I mean... We know about, we, <laughs> we had nootropics go around here and some of them, there are people that have come through Blackstone Labs that, that ended up in rehab because of nootropics. True story. We're not going to get into who, who it was, but there's some scary shit that's out there. That's quote unquote natural. Um, that are far fucking worse for you than anything that, that any of us are doing right. workout related. Yep. Um, it like they got hooked on a nootropic and then they couldn't come off. Yeah. I had a, a person, I uh, actually had more than one person that was, ah, fuck it. Let's just talk about it for a minute. I'm not going to say their names. TNFTN, very, very bad. Uh, I will, I will admit that I used TNFTN for probably over a year. TNFTN is a nootropic. 
It is considered an nootropic, yeah. It's a research chemical that's considered an nootropic. What? Yeah, TNFTN is fucking amazing. I would not consider that an nootropic. But TNFTN works with your opiate receptors, benzo receptors, I believe your caffeine receptors, and people were really abusing it. Uh, in fact, we had people lose their jobs here over it. Uh, we had a certain person uh, that I, I really cared a lot about that was a bodybuilder for us that got so into this that they couldn't function without it and uh, ruined their bodybuilding career, ended up in rehab. And the doctors literally said, we do not know how to treat this. And I will say there was a person in my life that for legal reasons, I can't specifically say who they were, that I actually brought to rehab over this. And the doctors literally did not know how to treat it. And I watched this fucking person and it was fucking sad how bad the detox was. I'm talking screaming in pain, insomnia. They treat it with gabapentin. They treat it with um, uh, lorazepam. They treat it with Seroquel for the fucking sleep. There are so many different medications they have to treat it with because the detox is that fucking bad. I also know, I also know on the flip side, I know an individual that got himself off of methadone after fucking 15 straight years of methadone, got himself off of methadone with TNFTN and was like, I'd rather use the TNFTN than the methadone, but what happens if he can't get the fucking TNFTN anymore? I've mm -hmm. also had, uh, oh, fuck it, I'll say his name. Sammy told me, who was Sammy, uh, who, who works for us, who's, uh, a, a sales rep for us, great bodybuilder. He's a, a, a very close friend of mine. They, he actually thought the best version of PJ Braun was when I was using TNF team. <laughs> and I was like, that's very interesting that you said. And he goes, you really were getting shit done at that time in your <laughs> life. You were just on it. And in a way, I, I would say, I guess there's aspects of it that are sort of Adderall or even cocaine-like. Um, mm -hmm. But I I even was getting way too fucking hooked on that shit too. And it, And... I know from getting myself off of it, which was very fucking hard. So everybody knows I've been very public about, you know, you guys all know that I ended up in the hospital for alcohol and I was drinking through my divorce and I almost fucking died. Getting off booze, way, way, way easier than getting off TNF team. Way, way, way fucking easier than Crazy. getting off TNF team. Um, there is another one that is called Prolentine. Extremely mm -hmm. dangerous. It is chemically identical down to like one little fucking atom to fucking flocka, which is what you hear people like eating people's faces and fucking ripping doors yeah. off houses of. And I, tr I tried prolentine one time and it fucking made me go crazy. And I was like, dude, you can buy this shit on fucking research chem sites and just take it like that. And, and, and these are fucking dangerous substances that are people are, are using all the time. Yeah. So... I mean, we could do hours of podcasts on this and, and oh, yeah. I, I don't even know where in the end the point was going. I wanted to circle back and we'll actually take it back and take it back to Kenny Ko because people don't want to hear me talk for two hours of you. No, I think, I think that's good though. It's, a, it's interesting. I mean, there. When I was talking to you, PJ, about uh, that pill I got, I mean, I won't bring in the name. I'm dying to fucking thing. get my hands on some of that. <laughs> but uh, like you definitely almost get hooked right off the bat because you see your productivity, you see how good you feel. And you just want to replicate that. And then when you're not that, it's like 
just kind of a hard concept. Josh, did I talk to you about this, this no. little concoction that he, Kenny, do you want to tell Josh a little bit about that? Um, you don't yeah, have so to get too much into detail. I actually, I actually, um, like formulated a pill, put it all together. He still doesn't know what's in it. To this yeah. Day. He told me it's it would, ne it would never be able to be sold. He, yeah. He told me um, it would never be able to be sold legally. Yeah. So, um, yeah, definitely not legal, but a bunch of different amphetamines thrown together. I saw him on it and I was like, okay, like he's another level and I know how he is normally. And he's already normally on a lot of stuff, but this was like a whole nother level, super social, super productive, like on point focus. Um, so he gave me one to try, especially cause this was right after I just finished my competition. So I was on letrozole already dead from crashing my estrogen, felt like shit, had no motivation, took that pill the next day in the morning was wired for like 15 hours, just nonstop, like probably got more done in that day than I had the previous six months. And then I also, I think that was the same day I joined your live stream, PJ. Yeah. I was just mm -hmm. like, I was wired for like, I, it also affected my sleep because I couldn't go to sleep. Um, but that could have been, I, I don't know how long the half-life is because like I said, that individual who gave me, it doesn't know what's in it <laughs> other than, a blend of like amphetamines. Yeah, it's a blend of uh, amphetamines, basically. So how do I get it? Yeah. Um, I think that they're the they're working on like, trying to see yourself out. performing at that high of a capacity. It's hard to the next day go back to where you normally are. Mm -hmm. So I definitely see where it's like, you know, if you have something like that that gives you that feeling, it's hard to not want to do that every day. Yep. There was this... Uh, Research chem back in the day, like years ago, called MXE. It was methoxetamine. I, I every time you talk about this, it makes me sad that I've never tried it. It is just <laughs> hands down the best, most amazing compound I've ever tried in my life. And I was pretty heavy uh, into using it for like a couple of years. And like everybody that I let try it loved it. And um, then one day it was just unavailable and it's been unavailable for years and I, I see like every now and again like i'll search for it online in forums and there's people that like will make posts saying like you know a thousand dollars for anybody that has a gram of this stuff i can purchase like <laughs> literally people willing to pay upwards of over a thousand dollars for a single gram of this stuff that i used to get for 20 bucks how awesome is that <laughs> you know yeah, it, it must be pretty good it's that good <laughs> yeah um and like i can honestly understand to start a new high demand market yeah I mean, if you if you're if you're fucking new, and you're coming up in the scene, uh, shout out to the FDA by the way. Um, this is the kind of thing that you can make a lot of money for fast, before you get, of course, caught by the FDA. Those right. are the kind of people that are that are doing shit like that. They're putting out pills like that. It's kind of like the original dick pills. People were putting out these dick pills. You know, these Rhino Johnson pills, right? <laughs> And uh, guys Yo, were like, guys were like, bro, I've had a boner for nine hours. I just want to use that name for our next pump product. <laughs> Rhino, Rhino Johnson. <laughs> but then you break the pill down and it was like Cialis, Viagra, and Levitra mixed together in a powder, you know, with like some horny goat. Right. And 10 milligrams of Adderall. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> back to lying and getting you started. So uh -huh. you... You mentioned Michael Hearn and like looking up to him. And, and so how did that go into you starting a YouTube page and whatnot? I mean, pretty much. I mean, like the tangents we've gone is pretty much like the reasoning behind it. So I was like doing firefighting for a couple of years after high school, um, looked up to Michael Hearn. Where were you, where were you firefighting? About, like, what, what was that? Where were you firefighting? 
Um, it's out in Somerset, California, close to uh, Sacramento, oh, I don't know where that. Tony's at. How long were you doing um, that for? Uh, two years, and then um, station closed, so I went to Reno, where I'm currently at, to try and get on with the city here, and then in the time being was doing personal training and then doing YouTube as a hobby on the side, and it was pretty much like what we're doing now. Were you doing EMS also? EM what was that? Were you doing EMS also? Yeah. Yeah, I was EMT basic. EMT, um, sorry. Along with mm -hmm. So we did both municipal and wildland. So we'd go send strike teams to a fire for like two weeks. And then we'd also do structure fires, medical calls. Cool. Um, fun ass ambulance rides for like 45 minutes with crazy ass people who have the most disgusting hygiene and shit in their body. That's the, the uh, shit that I hear about from the, the firemen slash EMT people is it's like, it's not the putting out fires. It's the scary ass people that you got to deal with. Like... I'm not scared of needles in any way, but the one time in my life I've been scared of needles was riding on the ambulance after sticking someone with one because capping that was like the most terrifying thing in the world because there's so many people who have AIDS and all yep. types of shit out there that you don't even realize. My buddy, um, Jesse, you'll probably know more about this than me, but my buddy, Jesse, uh, basically they they responded to a situation where a heroin addict had overdosed, right? And he said this shit happens all the fucking time, right? With these fucking heroin addicts overdosing. So they go there to um, resuscitate him and he wakes up. And when he wakes up, he flails around and had a dirty needle in his pocket that stabbed my buddy, right? Yep. So he had to go on a like an emergency quarantine from everybody else for like 30 days or something and basically take these pills that like kill everything um, because you're, you're at risk of getting AIDS and everything else, but they made him like terribly, terribly sick. And it does right. something to where it like fucks with your lactic acid. So you're like in horrible pain all day. Like you're like nauseous and in pain. And he had to do this for fucking 30 days as a precautionary measure just because he got pricked. Days. Yeah. Plus he's worried as fuck the whole 30 days. Like, cause the guy did wind up being HIV positive. Like, great. Right. Am I going to get fucking AIDS? Cause this guy's dirty needles. That's scary shit. Right. So wait, wait, he took some shit yeah, for 30 days and it's gone? Yeah, the same thing. He was like on the ambulance and then same thing, got stuck with like a dirty needle. Then found out after the fact that guy had AIDS and then he went through a full-blown like panic attack and went and got tested and everything. And luckily he came back fine. But yeah, it's some scary shit. There's some there's some people with a lot of stuff that you wouldn't even realize. Did you there. ever do any um sexy fireman calendars? <laughs> we were going to do one just as like a joke one year, but it, it never got done. But we should have. That's too bad. That was always my one liner too to like pick up girls when I was single back in, um, at the club was uh, I'd always start with like the fireman line. Girls Every love firemen. Time. How'd you like to go home with Mr. Fucking April Reno, Reno Fire Department? <laughs> so, but then uh, yes, yeah, so I was doing YouTube on the side as a hobby, just like voicing my opinion on stuff, and then like certain topics that would come out, and I just had fun doing it, and I still have fun doing it to this day. So. And then it really kind of took off from there and I was making enough monthly where I decided to leave the job at the gym I was currently doing and invest all that time. And it was definitely a gamble into YouTube full time and just pump out as much content as I could and improve the quality, improve the audio, improve the topics, do just basically as much as I could to do what I needed to grow. What was your and first YouTube video uh, ever? My first YouTube video was actually something that no one would ever get. I think it's on private now, but it was actually pranking my mom. Um, 
like doing a fake injury type prank and I made her like ball her eyes out, go hysterical, almost like full blown heart attack. But I didn't realize <laughs> at that time that most of the like prank YouTube channels stage it and fake it. So I was like full blown, like actually doing pranks. Um, <laughs> and then looking back now, I was like, fuck, I didn't realize like they all fake it. it I didn't know that. Crazy. I didn't know that there were th those prank things were all fake. Yeah. So they'll go on like Craigslist, hire an actor for like 10, 20 bucks just someone random and then they'll be like hey like this is what we're gonna do and we want you to have like this super crazy over-the-top reaction or if they're like doing a group prank you know they'll pay each person like 10 20 bucks and then you'll get a viral video out of it so you'll make like 10 times that amount anyway but yeah it's like all staged and fake i mean all the biggest prank hmm. channels prank invasion vitaly fussy tube but you um, actually did a real prank what was the prank that you did to your poor mom I was going to say. Yeah. yeah, it was just an injury prank. Like, I, I faked, like, I sliced my finger and made, like, some, like, fake, like, blood concoction. That's like, so mean. Put it all over the floor. Um, my mom was, like, having a full-blown panic attack. And then, like, the turmoil I caused from that, I was like, okay, yeah, I don't want to do this every video. Um, but um, and then it was probably, like, a year before I made another YouTube video. And then it started to turn into, like, the YouTube fitness content, which you're currently seeing on the channel. Is that prank video yeah. out there? It's on there, but it's private. I can okay. send it to you if you want. To I'd it. like to see it. We won't show anybody. We'll just laugh at it. Um, yeah, it was up there for a while. I got a decent amount of views. I think it was like 25,000, uh, which at the time, it was like my first YouTube video. So I was like, oh, damn, like, that's a lot of views. But obviously, once you see higher numbers, then you're never satisfied. So after you did the prank video, what was the first video that like, I don't want to say like, jacked your career because there's been a lot of moments but like what was the first one that like really got you oh, there's going? definite ones for sure i think everyone has them um yeah well, highlight the, highlight those for us the brad castleberry videos were the first ones for those sure. are the ones that um, i saw and the one with um so i saw the brad castleberry ones first and i was like mm -hmm. i first i so i think most people were probably in my perspective that a thought brad castleberry was ridiculous and right. b thought that you were funny for doing that with him, right? So it was like a, a positive, the whole thing's positive, right. right? The next one that I saw of you that made me look at you closer was the video where you exposed that girl, uh, Haba, for doing the yeah, fake Haba. the fake wall sit. That mm -hmm. one was the one where I was like, hmm, I'm gonna watch this guy closer because I know some things on the inside about that girl and her situation that I knew would come to the surface with you calling her out, which anybody that has watched that call out video that knows what I know would know of, of what was going on in the background of that video. And I think that for starters, it, it took balls. Honestly, I was always curious, and I never asked you this, when you did mm -hmm. that video, did you know about that person being involved? Um, or was that like a surprise? I can say it now. Are you talking about Tony? Of course. Real world. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So I didn't know they were dating at that time. Mm -hmm. Um, when I filmed that in Vegas, I actually thought he was just like her trainer Yeah. or, or maybe they like worked with a company together or something, but I actually didn't find that out till I think this year actually that they were dating at that time. Real world tactical. So then it all started to piece together and make more sense to me. I was like, Oh, now it makes sense why he was like so hot tempered and like over the top and defensive and whatnot i was like oh he's gonna fucking beat the shit i was gonna say that's like the last dude i'd want yeah. to be angry at me he is like a superhuman killing right. machine you know right but i guess but, uh, if you're a superhuman well, killing machine you probably have like 
when you have the mental ability to withstand the amount of like things that he can withstand on his body, you probably have the same switch that's like, don't kill civilians, right? So <laughs> although he was as angry as fuck and probably yeah. did want to fucking murder you, Oh, yeah. He probably knew, like, there's no way I can possibly fucking do anything, which I was... So when I was wondering, watching it, I was like, there's two ways of looking at it. A, did he know that this part was going to happen and didn't care? Or B, is this a surprise to him, which both ways make the video a lot more interesting no matter how you, you spin right. it. Because I knew when I watched the video, I already knew that they were whatever you want to call them. And I was like, yeah. oh shit, Tony's fucking mad. That made, see, that made me really want to start watching all your videos more because I was like, admittedly, and uh, I don't think that you'll, you'll take offense to this. I was like, oh, I can't wait to see like when somebody freaks out and like smashes him in the face. Right? right. I'm still yeah. waiting for that day, honestly. Yeah, I think that a lot, I think that a lot of us are waiting <laughs> I try. for that day. No one will do it. Who's going to be the first one to knock out Kenny Ko? Probably because you're you're a much bigger dude in real life. Yeah, dude. If you had made me if you made me angry online and then I had to like run into you at the Olympia or something, I would immediately start reevaluating the situation as soon as I saw you coming from a distance and be like, this dude's fucking <laughs> a foot taller than I thought yeah. he was online. Fuck. I think that is definitely part of it. Like, if you were some little pipsqueak. But but what about, like, yeah. I'm surprised that, like, some girl Yo, like, hasn't been, like, let me bitch slap him in the face or, like, get all her boyfriend's friends to fucking do something. Right. Something along those lines. Let Cassidy Campbell come and do half the shit that he does. He's definitely getting his ass beat. Oh, absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Like, it's definitely your size. There was a point where, so I've been trolling this industry for a while since before Kenny KO. Like, David knows. David one day was like, you're, like, one of the biggest trolls I ever met. So I had Cassidy Campbell come and play a character at our booth one year. And mm. he was just basically being a really, really, really gay <laughs> kid. And I actually had to get in at one point and say, hey, hey, uh, I actually hired him to do this. I'm, I'm sorry. Cause like he had like upset a couple people real bad that were like mad. Yeah. Like it was about to like go down the wrong way. And, and they, so mm. they, they actually thought that they were gonna like beat him up for me, which is the funny thing. And I was like, no, 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 I, I brought him here. And like the one guy was like old school Italian guy from New York. Like I'm not saying he's in the mafia, but he's the kind of guy that you'd be like, this guy's in the fucking mafia was like dead serious. Like pulled me aside and was like, Hey, I I'm going to make this fucking kid over here disappear. Okay. And he had like almost like tears in his eyes, how passionate he was about like, I'm going to mur murder fucking Cassidy Campbell. And I was like, looked over and I was like, no, no, no. Actually I brought that kid here. And then I brought him over. And had him be the real version of himself. Because he was like going off to people like, oh my God, I was just in PJ's ass last night. And like saying like fucked up shit. <laughs> like that. And he said it to like the wrong the wrong people. But like he's a much like smaller guy. You know what I mean? So like he right. pisses off the wrong person. Who's to say they won't just fucking cock, cock him in the face. Yeah. You know? Right. Are you, when you're doing these videos, is that. is that like... Does that drive you at all by doing <laughs> these videos? You're like, who, who's going to be the person that punches me? Maybe it like arouses me. I don't know. It could. I'm like always waiting. Um, and I even tell people, I'm like, yo, like, I mean, I mentioned in videos, like, I'll never push a lawsuit. Like, I have lawsuits pushed on me all the time. 
but I'll never push a lawsuit on anyone, regardless if it's a video of defamation on me, yeah. a video about me punching me in the face. I mean, I don't know. It's it, it's I mean, easy it's, to say it's, that though. It's I came up and like hacked a limb off or something, you know. Yeah. Well, with like a machete, you know, then maybe we have a problem. But it's easy in today's world to say there will be no lawsuit involved, right. but then shit goes down. Josh will remember uh, there was a time where this guy was like really getting me for like a, a whole week. And so you can't trust anybody in this world anymore. Like, so finally I was like, the guy knew my address, right? So he was like, I know your address. He was like, North S7 Street, I'll come to your fucking house right now. And I was like, coming to my house right now. I'm like, I'm, I'm gonna put my gun right in your fucking face when you get here. And by the way, FDA, my guns are all gone. By the way, I understand the rules, whatever. So, um, <laughs> and Josh was like, dude, just block this guy. Like what good can come? And I was like, look, I will happily just fight him straight up. Like if he wants to fight me that bad, but like in this day and age, no matter what somebody says, cause he was even like, Hey man, just man against man. Let's just see what happens. Man against man. I'm not stupid enough to think that somebody who's not trying to get the CEO of Blackstone Labs to punch them in the face at this point. You right. know? 100%. No matter what anybody says, no matter what. So I was like, dude, we had this happen with Jay Masters who, who, who I'm cool with now that I was like, everybody was saying Jay Masters was gonna kick my ass, right? And then finally I was like, here, I will have my attorney draw up the fucking paperwork. We'll even sell tickets to it. We will fight anytime you want, anywhere, you just can't sue me afterwards. I'm not gonna sue you, but let's just sign a contract beforehand so that none of that annoying shit can go down because right. everybody fucking sues each other now. And who, who has time yeah. for that? Right, yeah. Ain't and, nobody uh, got I mean, the Heba one that ended in a lawsuit. Uh, oh, it did. Yeah, I mean, it got dropped. Are you allowed to talk about it? But yeah, I mean, basically after that video. So Tony can you can you fill in Josh a little bit because I don't think he knows shit about Josh doesn't know. So fill in for for people that don't know like the videos that I've watched. Tell them the the background on the Heba video, who she is, what you did, and what happened. Which, by the way, before I, I, I tell the story, like me and Heba are actually really close now. She's, she's, I think she's hot, by the way. Oh, yeah. I mean, bombshell. Hold on. Let me sure. pull up. While you're, while you're telling and, the and story. we're actually like good friends now. What's that? But, um, and we're actually like good friends now, which is like the weirdest thing. At that Arnold where I met you, um, I also did like the apology. Like, hey, if it didn't turn out in your favor, you know, I'm sorry. I never wanted that outcome for you. Um, and then we like made amends. And then ever since then, we actually talk quite frequent now. But, well, that's good. Uh, so basically, she posted a viral Instagram clip, and this was around the time when I had, I think, maybe like fifteen, like ten to fifteen thousand followers on Instagram or subscriber. Or, I mean, on YouTube subscribers. Uh, got sent this clip a bunch of times. Her while sitting nine hundred pounds, I believe it was. How many subscribers did you uh, have at the time? I think it was like ten thousand to fifteen thousand. Versus what, like a quarter of a million now? She has 355,000. Uh, like three, about 350,000. Oh, excuse me. I fucking I undershot him. Um, all right. So you had <laughs> uh, 15,000. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I called her out on that Instagram clip, make a video on it, saying the reasons why I thought it was fake and staged and kind of like similar to the Brad Castleberry videos. And then she responds and pretty much like backs up the challenge. Is like, hey, I'm going to be in Vegas on this date. We'll fly you out. You can see it for yourself. And then I saw it as like a scare tactic, like, 
Yeah. Oh, okay. Like she's just bluffing. Like they're they're not actually gonna go. So I actually follow through, go out to Vegas. Didn't hear from her actually from a while while I was in Vegas. So I thought for sure, like I'm gonna come out to Vegas, film a video of basically them just bluffing the situation. And then she hits me up to come to this 24 hour location, uh, the gym. I meet there. She tells me to set up the weights so that I know they're legit. I get 900 pounds and four in the 45 pound plates set up on the basketball court. She shows up, uh, or no, sorry, Tony shows up first. Um, and that was where I was kind of cough. I was like, I don't know what Tony has to do with this. I knew who he was at the time, but obviously didn't know they were dating. Yeah. And then she shows up. It was super awkward at first. They set up the wall sit, um, basically fails it, but then also was in a car crash the day before, which was their reasoning of why she wasn't able to do it. And, uh, then after, you know, it's all said and done, the filming, Tony getting all pissed and in my face, they go on social media, try doing anything they can to get the video taken down, tell people to report my accounts. Um, Tony has like a bunch of fans sending like hate messages. But obviously I got a ton of support from the video. That was my most viral video. And I think it got me the most subscribers, honestly. Um, after I put up that video, it was like daily three to 6,000 subscribers. Damn. And then, um, it racked up to like a hundred thousand really quick. Um, and then let's see. Yeah. I got a ton of flack from it. And this is around the time I signed with like generation iron, our partnership. How did and that start? They were going to film a documentary on real world tactical. Oh. And, um, I guess they basically had a phone call and Tony said, Hey, if you're working with Kenny, I'm not going to film with you. I don't, I like, hey, oh, that guy. Oh, I know guy. this I actually. I, know this. I don't want anything to do with him. Mm -hmm. So either you cut him or we're not going to film. And luckily, I still love Generation Iron, by the way. They're like, all right, then we're not going to film with you. We don't want to cut Kenny K up. Like, he's a part of the family. How cool is that? So, That's fucking epic. Shout out to Vlad and Edwin, by yeah, the way. Awesome. And still to this day, you know, obviously I talked to you the other day, PJ, yep. about the situation that's about to come out. Um, <laughs> and uh craig was was all about it you know like he, he understands and you know and that's what i love about generation iron is they want me to make my content they don't want to like yeah. censor me in any way which we don't they either don't tell me what I, what I can and can't do they want me to be me and that's the reason like we work together so and that was great to hear so yeah they, they cut the deal with tony um they didn't do their filming i stayed with generation iron and then the RL comes around where I met PJ, got to know PJ, and that was where we actually started to talk a lot. And then uh, same time, talked to Heba Ali. She had her Evolve Nation booth there, did the apology, like I mentioned, where, you know, obviously I wasn't sorry for like the call outs or anything, but I'm sorry for the backlash she got because I think she got her Instagram terminated from people reporting it. Like, she did. I don't know how many times it takes to get yeah. Yeah, she did. taken down. Because she had a big ass uh, following at one point, too. Yeah. So, um, and she still has a really big following, yep. no doubt. Um, and I know that was her livelihood. So I felt really bad that it was like her entire livelihood got taken away from like one video basically. And that was why they pushed the lawsuit was her Instagram got terminated, uh, which was her form of business. So she wasn't having any revenue coming in, wasn't able to do her marketing, whatever she does through that. And then yeah, pushed a lawsuit. And then, uh, yeah, I guess the rest is history. But I mean, you said the lawsuit got now, dropped. The current lawsuit is obviously <sighs> like the German Buendia one, which is underway. So you said her lawsuit got dropped, though. Yeah, it was basically like... They dropped the, the lawsuit against him. She didn't want to pay the attorney fees for a defamation case. You can't get anybody for defamation of character, by the way. 
fuck all the people yeah, that want to fuck with me. Like, I'll talk shit about you. Based. And they flew me out yep. to do the filming. Like, they basically gave me permission to come film the content. So I wasn't just, like, some hater, like, filming them without their consent and then publishing this content. It was, like, they paid for my hotel and my flight to come out and film this. Huh. But, yeah, so <laughs> it's pretty crazy. That is but crazy. then, yeah, after the fact, this year, it probably took about, like, a year and a half for me to find out that Tony was actually with Kiba Ali at that moment, like, dating. So when he was there, you just thought he was just, like, her trainer? Yeah, I thought she, he was, like, her trainer. Or they're with maybe, like, the same company or something doing some type of expo or something in Vegas, some pop-up or something along those lines. I had no idea they were dating. When, the, um, when that scene was over, like, like what was shown on YouTube... What, mm -hmm. anything more happened with him? Like, did he just chill or? Um, he kind of, he pretty much just stormed off, heated. Yeah. And then I had like a talk with Heba about like what we had just filmed. Um, and then it was more so her just showing me like pictures of the car crash that she had been through the day before. And after that, it was like, we pretty much just went our separate ways. Like she left, I left, I went back to the hotel room. I don't even think I slept at all i literally got back to the hotel room obviously vegas we like went out yeah um <laughs> got no sleep got the flight early in the morning and then immediately started editing the footage because Fast. i knew how much like people were anticipating it but never in, to this day still thought it was like gonna blow up how it was on youtube which you, was still weird to me has that been something that blew, that you would say blew up the most for you oh yeah no doubt yeah that was the, that was what i saw i had no idea who he was and i saw that one and um you know, I like Tony. He's a really cool guy, you know, but like he'll, he'll fucking yeah. wreck you. You know what I mean? Like he's like a killing yeah, machine. Right. So I think a lot of people were like, holy fuck. Now I had kind of known a little bit. I'm friends with John Bartolo, who was with the company mm -hmm. for a while, who is friends with him. So I had known a little bit about the side story and I knew a little bit about her, seen some of her training videos. I mean, she trains like a machine, the girl, you know? Right. Um, so when that shit came out, I was just like, Man, this guy's fucking got balls. Um, but I think I got, you know, like sidetracked or distracted just like everybody else. Like what after that, what would you say was like your next like big one that that got a lot of attention again? Cuz obviously everything that you do people or people are watching a lot. I know most recently the Jeremy Buendia stuff had my peaked my attention. So the Jeremy Buendia stuff actually peaked my attention more than anything that you ever did. Because I don't want to say I'm close to the situation because I'm not. I don't know. Um, uh, I don't know the kid Chad at all, yeah. uh, and I don't know uh, the kid that you introduced me to at the Olympia. Nice kid. What was the other kid's name? Um, uh, Jordani. Jordani. Don't know him either. But I do. I know Jeremy. I know of Jeremy. We know each other. Know him very well, and I've yeah. always kept my mouth shut on him. Just because, why, why, you know, no reason to right. cause shit. But I've heard a number of, uh, you know, I Narman was an athlete of mine for a while. And I knew about right. him being physical with her. And, like, one of my other athletes being there where he, like, fucking threw her on the ground. And, like, did all this other crazy shit. So I was like, this dude's a fucking scumbag. You know what I mean? So I've had a negative uh, opinion of him for years. And it's very easy for guys to come and jump on the whole oh, if you hit a girl, you're a scumbag type thing. And that's absolutely not what I'm doing. He, there's a lot of things 
would make which right. make him a scumbag, scumbag. Because I, I, I'll be honest with you, if if a girl came up and attacked me and punched me in the face, I'll punch her ass right back. Yeah. So it's not about <laughs> it's not about that. It's not about the crusade yeah. of like if you hit a girl, you're a bad dude. He's just a a bad dude that also was like womanizing and doing other creepy ass shit too. That's the one that's going to be highlighted in in this scenario. But oftentimes mm. those kind of dudes are fucking scummy ass dudes anyway. It's a lot different scenario if you really are defending yourself and some big ass bitch. Like my ex-wife used to attack me, right? And she used to punch mm -hmm. me in the fucking face and she was a fucking wrestling champion and she was strong as fuck. And she would hurt me and I'd be like, yo, you're fucking hurting me. And she'd be like, come on, pussy. You're a fucking huge guy that you, you're you not gonna fucking like fight me back. And I would be like, first of all, I love you. I don't want to. You want me to knock you out? Like why? You know, like I'm yeah. like the fact that you're actually wanting to hurt me makes me feel worse than you punching me. And also makes me reconsider this entire marriage. Yeah, like I don't, I didn't want to like, like there was times where I would like grab her and restrain her. Uh, and mm -hmm. there was, there was one time where I literally just launched her across the room. I was like, come at me again. I'm going to fucking launch across the room. And I did. And it didn't make her stop either. But I was, I was more or less like, I don't want to punch you in the face because I, even though I think that you're a horrible now, I don't want to like harm you like when you're punching somebody or, or hitting them you know like i could be like really hurting this person so in a situation like this with this loser right if he is like hitting the girl right and doing all these other things then that means he, there's no regard for, for for her right there's like he's like right. she's like beneath him she's like scum on his shoe and i i have thought that he like thought that way of like pretty much a lot of the people around him right like people are just beneath him so when this all came out, I was like, ooh, I can't wait to see where this goes because his head got so big from this industry. Yeah. And there was like when him and um, when he called out Dexter Jackson, right? I spoke on that one day on the Q&A and I was like, honestly, Jeremy makes good points in his argument for sure, for sure. But mm -hmm. I think everybody is kind of watching it like, what the fuck is this kid actually thinking right right now so what happened you you did how many how many videos like how did that all break down the whole like start to finish of that whole production let's see so i think it was around january this year i made the first videos because obviously if you look up jeremy buendia's name online there's tons of articles and i never looked them up is it all bad stuff um I mean, obviously, like, a lot of good stuff comes up as well, yeah. you know, like, whatever it may be. But then there's also, like, of course, the articles of, you know, selling to an undercover cop in uh, Sacramento, the abuse uh, stories, um, all types of stuff, honestly. Like, a lot of crazy stuff. But then when you go on YouTube, there's, like, no one really talking about it too much or no one big that's, like, really, you know, bringing light to the subject. So... Um, I made a video in January, and this is when Chad and Jeremy were still business partners before they had their weird split with the company, whatever's going on with that whole situation. And I make the video soon after, receive a bunch of threats, people making fake Instagram accounts and then DMing me and saying the exact addresses of where everyone in my family works, um, where they live. Just a bunch of like crazy shit, you know? So... I was like, oh, fuck no. Like, if you're going to make it personal like that, um, like, 
I'm not going to give in and just take a video down because I received like some threats. Like if anything, that's just going to make me like push harder. Yeah. So then of course get like the cease and desist from Jeremy's attorneys, take down the videos. We come to a compromise where I'm like, okay, I'll take down the initial video. If Jeremy gives me like a response to the accusations and instead of Jeremy giving me a response himself, he has Chad at the time who was like his business partner, manager, whatever the official like position was, do the response for him. So I put that video up and then that one was up for a long time. Everything falls kind of wayside. They still pushed the lawsuit, but I don't hear anything about it. Kind of similar to the Kiba Ali situation where they almost mm -hmm. dropped it. And then months pass and then just more and more starts to happen where people bring up things on Jeremy and I, you know, I, I thought it was just time to see once and for all what actually happened, have the people who are in these articles online talk themselves to the camera via interview on Zoom and see their side of the story. So I have Giordani come on, who was the first one, and he talks about his experience not only witnessing uh, a lot of abuse and messed up problems with Jeremy, but the business side of it, everything brings up names. So after that video drops, and gets a good response and people want to hear more. Sorry to cut you off. I'm how like, close you know, how close were him and Jeremy? Um, they were like best friends. Now, as best uh, friend, would you, Josh, like say to your boy, like, or would you stay out of it? Would you be like, hey man, why don't you fucking You know, I I gotta say, I feel like there's gotta be parts of this whole uh conundrum that like are withheld on everybody's account because some of it just seems so weird to me. Yeah. And maybe I just don't have relationships like these dudes had, but it is weird. Like, do, do, do you have relations? Like I'm fucking talking to him like he can see me. <laughs> uh, if you were here, you would laugh. I was just pointing at the, the monitor. Um, do you have any relationships with any of your friends like that? Because I don't. No, and, and what's weird about their relationship is not only would they, uh, I mean, obviously you hear about like a lot of bros like passing around girls and whatnot, which is, mm -hmm. you know, a common theme like in their group. But also uh, they were all kind of, and what they tell me now is covering for Jeremy. You know, they were good friends with him at the time, so they didn't open their mouth or speak out about anything. But after Jeremy continuously burns bridges, as he's well known to do, you know, they just didn't see a need to protect him anymore. So after I interviewed Giordani, we bring up a bunch of names. I then reach out to Hilda, who wants to come out and speak about the abuse that Jeremy, you know, did to her. And that Hilda was the girlfriend after Norman, correct? And uh, she's in a different country in a different relationship at the moment. So I have her come on, give her side of the story, everything she experienced with Jeremy, get like the screenshots, the police reports, hear that whole spiel and then of course i wanted to get narman on an interview as well because she dated jeremy for the longest for a while um, what happened with you reaching I, out to her i will say this and i don't mean it in a, in a bad way at all i really enjoyed uh when she worked for me she was a really sweet girl i don't know if her head got too big from the industry but like she's kind of blown me off the past couple times that i've reached out to her and i i like sometimes it's hard when you're not in a position like like mine to, and I don't mm -hmm. care who I don't care who, who says anything about this. It's hard to not be like, bitch. I could buy your whole fucking life right now if I wanted to. Right, <laughs> buy your whole life. <laughs> um, but like, I had reached out to her 
when all the drama went down, I reached out to her and I was like, hey, just want you to know you always have support with me. You know, years later, whatever, blah, blah, blah. No response. Now, maybe she just didn't want to respond to it because it was such a dramatic situation. Um, But... Could have, been, could have been something to do with Mike, too, though. In what way? Potentially. Um, I mean, apparently... Even like close friends of Norman's who would like message her or text her or DM her, mm. Mike would like go after. Oh, uh, okay. Like hardcore. Um, so apparently Mike was like threatening anyone that was trying to contact Norman in any way. So stupid. It's like I owned I owned the companies that 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 gave you checks every month. You know what I mean? Like right. should be a little bit different. Right. For sure. Um, so I even reached out to her, yeah, and I was like, Hey, do you wanna, you know, voice you know, what happened to you? You could help future people um, that are maybe going through the same thing currently or might go through a situation similar to yours and Hilda's and Jessica's down the road. And she basically said that, you know, she would consider it. She doesn't want to do it right now. She doesn't want to. She's trying to move past that part of her life and, you know, not bring up those past emotions and what have you. And I totally respect that. You know, I'm not going to ever force anyone to film, especially mm -hmm. if it's something that would cause them, I guess, emotional turmoil to bring back up. But yeah, so that was essentially the interviews. Oh, and then we did a three-way interview with Giordani, Hilda, and myself. So that was kind of like the final one. It was first Giordani, then Hilda, and then all three of us. I don't think I saw that one. What was, tell us basically how that one went down. Um, it was just bringing up like more info. It also talked about how after the videos, like Steel uh, supplements had dropped Jeremy uh, about Jeremy being banned from, I believe, all California um, IFBB NPC shows for trying to fight some of the head judges there. Hilarious. Um, just every all, all the stuff he was getting into, and then also touching on like some more information that you know maybe we skipped over or forgot to mention in the previous videos. Has um, anyone actually yeah. come out and said that they have actually like seen him fought, fight or fought with him before? There's the video footage, actually. I mean, I might have posted it on that third video. That someone got it on recording of Jeremy getting in a fight with a group of guys um, at a show. How did it look? Yeah, I think it was my third video. I think, and, and that was what resulted in him getting the ban from wow. all California. Did it show him like like holding his own or like beating somebody's ass or getting beat up? Like what did it show? No, he got he got like knocked out cold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like uh he got in some guy's face and this guy swung on him and knocked him to the ground. And then Jeremy had his friends all jump in. Of course. And then Jeremy, I guess, left and went on. He looks way. like a little like gangbangery kid with like the bandanas and shit, right? Yeah. But but like he looks right. like a Hollywood version. Like he would play like in the Hollywood like you know, and like the funny, like campy, like you know, like musical. He would be like the the, the gangbanger. He's kid. the he's the like Mexican right. gangbanger from LA. Yeah, like the the like <laughs> the Hollywood equivalent to like this is going to be the guy that plays like the Latin Kings guy. Yes, right. Right. <laughs> so yeah, and then uh, so yeah, that lawsuit's still currently underway. You know, it's uh, myself, Jordani, and Chad against Jeremy in a lawsuit. Do you and have? Do you guys have a joint uh, defense or a joint? Yeah. yeah, yeah, which makes it nice. Yeah, and a lot easier. Of sure. course, it's much easier. But yeah, we'll, we'll see what the end result is. It's still kind of in the process, as you know, probably with like a lot of lawsuit type stuff. So is he suing you guys, or you guys are suing him? He's suing us uh, okay. over like defamation, slander. Uh, 
it's it's so other, hard like, it's stuff, so hard to that. that but for a million dollars he, he apparently thinks that we cost him a million dollars hilarious number he'll never get that right never <laughs> ever get that like i'm, I'm sure steel was paying you a million dollars i was gonna say wouldn't you first have to prove that you were making the revenue that yeah. you claimed to have yeah. lost Steel, I, I guarantee steel wasn't paying him shit um for starters there would not even be a steal if do you want me to say some really arrogant shit should i i will yeah go ahead let's do it do it <laughs> should we do sometimes it. i get on my my Always. high horse Always. sometimes i do do it it's been a long time since we had a podcast so. yeah it's mine as well right gotta feel that so there right. actually would not even be a steal supplements if it were not for yours truly lord braun himself this is the fucking true story is that Jason Ha uh, and I were in a conversation one day. We we're talking about his career and his future. And I was like, bro, why don't you fucking start a supplement company? And he was like, just like everybody else that fucking starts supplement companies. He was like, well, I don't really know that much about supplements. Boom. This is what always fucking happens, right? Same thing happened with, with Rob Bailey. I'm like one of the, the only fucking people. I don't want to say one of the only, but I'm one of the fewer guys that actually fucking like supplements and use the supplements, right? So I was like, bro, I was like, there's basic things that you can put out. You'll make a lot of money, blah, 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 blah. This is the way you do it. Laid it all out to him. And he was like, he reached out and he was like, can we have a follow-up conversation? It was on Valentine's Day of, I want to say like 2015 or 16, right? 16. 16. Heart of my marriage crumbling. And I was trying so hard to have a nice um, weekend with my now ex-wife. And I took her to um, Miami. I got us a hotel room at um, like Fountain Blue or one of the really nice places, right? By the way, this night ended in her leaving, stealing my car and leaving me there. Um, <laughs> so smashing my fucking watch, a bunch of other shit. So he was trying to call me in the middle of that. So I forwarded the call to my old partner, Aaron Stringerman, and I was like, dude, please talk to him. He's a good guy. He needs help. G just answer all his questions. Stringerman, who was always about how can I make money, where, how, and when, he was like, dude, let us start a company for you. We'll just run the company for you. And Jason liked the idea, and that's how shit was about to fucking go down. And then when I got on the phone with him, I was like, dude, don't do it with us. And he was like, well, why not? Like Aaron said that you guys would do everything. I was like, you know what, dude, we will. We've done this with a few brands already. And I'm like, but dude, how much money do you have saved? And he was like, a lot. And I go, more than 50 grand. And he goes, triple that. And I go, then look, do it yourself. You're not gonna, you're, 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 you're not gonna need all these other resources and whatnot. You have a very big, strong name. Put out a, a couple good products. I'm gonna set you up with my manufacturer who still makes all his products, by the way. I'm gonna set you up mm -hmm. with Wes. And Wes will formulate your products for you. He'll do it all for you. Just be yourself on social media and you'll kill it. He took my advice and he went and that's how it all fucking started. So because of that, because of the power that he has, I can guarantee you he's too fucking smart to fucking throw money in, in loads at somebody like Jeremy Buendia when he's got random dudes like Dan Blazarian fucking posting for his shit. You know what I mean? I'm yeah, sure I'm, you know, I'm, I'm sure there are things that come out like every now and then I'll see something with like Jeremy, uh, Jerry, uh, what's his name? Swole, Joey Swole, biggest fucking fucking loser in the world, by the way, doing, doing shit with them. When you have a name like that, 
there are people that are going to want to kind of just like be a part of the name because like they hear about it, they know about it, whatever. So they don't, they don't by any means need Jeremy Buendia. They never needed him either. So they might've been like, yo, we're going to give you this much a month type thing. And Jeremy probably thought of it as like, I got nothing else going on. This is the best gig for me. Maybe it was more than he was getting from anybody else. And he fucking took it. But like to them, like, yeah, it probably put them in front of a bunch of like physique guys that they wouldn't have had before. But like Jason's name is big enough and strong enough that he actually took himself, most people probably notice, out of the the marketing for Steel. And Steel is still like flying pretty strong now. They're they're probably almost as big as Blackstone Labs, I would say. Um maybe I'm giving them too much credit, but they're 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 a pretty fucking big brand that certainly mm-hmm. didn't need Jeremy Buendia. And his thing is off. Did you put us on hold? Sweet, gotcha. Um, why were we even talking about that? Oh, we're just talking about Jeremy Buendia. So you 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 saw a video of him getting punched. I like to see that one. So um, since those videos, um, I'm gonna I'm just gonna bounce from uh, topic to topic that's popping in my head. The Tony Huge videos. How did those all start? Um. So I started. Let's see, where was I at? YouTube subscriber count was probably maybe around like 15,000, somewhere in that range, eight to 15. Um, started working with Enhanced Athlete because I've been taking the products for a while. I was looking into SARMs. This is when they were, I mean, some of them have been around for a while, but this is around the time when people just kind of started discussing them. So I was taking SARMs, loved the idea reached out to Enhanced Athlete. I was like, hey, this is my YouTube channel. Definitely would love to work with you guys. And this is before they started like removing any SARMs related channels or anything like that from YouTube because it wasn't prevalent yet. Uh, So, of course, you know, we started working together. I was working with Enhanced Athlete, making a killing, by the way. Like, I don't think a lot of people realize how much money is in SARMs. And uh, especially when you have a following and can like market it. But... um, Built a relationship through Enhanced Athlete once they went through their whole, you know, downfall and now rebuilding at the moment. Um, and then my channel got terminated, of course, to having like SARMs links in the description of my bios, all my YouTube videos, but finally got the channel back, luckily. Um, you know, it wasn't beneficial for me to be part of the company anymore because they had like crashed and now they're re- in the rebuilding process. Yeah. So we kind of like parted ways, but the friendship was still there. I was still friends with Tony, Trevor, everyone, Russo, everyone that's um, associated with Enhanced Athlete. So I stayed in contact with Tony, would always shoot him questions about certain stuff, what he thought about certain cycle regimens, certain chemicals, um, new things. Was always fascinated about how open Tony is about everything and what he takes in his experiments and what he wants to do. So he started filming the Generation Iron documentaries um, with them and then that, the second one comes around and they're doing the body transformation so i had already been talking to tony a lot really frequent and he's like hey like would you want to come out to sacramento my house and film this one week body transformation and i was like yeah sure why not it's only like a couple hour drive from where i'm at go out there for a week do that um hang out with tony and yeah film that whole process um and that should be out i believe in like january is when they were expecting that documentary to be out i could be wrong but that's when they were kind of expecting yeah i think that's what they told me in january um 
What's so, his house like? Is it just like that was an orgies? interesting process? <laughs> Definitely getting to see like the lifestyle day to day of like Trevor, Tony, everyone that's in the house. It was uh, it's almost uh, similar to uh, if you watched, I guess, Real World. Really? Put, like, real World combined with like just an excessive amount of research chemicals and all sorts of fun stuff. Yep. That is what Tony's house is at all times. <laughs> At all times. That's like cool. Like 24-7. Is it just like constant I mean, orgies going story, down there? Like Trevor showing up at you know my door with like a kitchen knife, like hunting monkeys. And <laughs> like, <laughs> fuck, dude. There was, uh, there was some fun stories there. But it was, it was an interesting experience getting to see what you can put your body through in just the short time frame of a week. Obviously, I, I don't know if I'd ever necessarily do that protocol again, just because my health felt like complete and absolute shit. Uh, can we do? Are we talking about the protocol or waiting for the video to come out? I mean, I won't talk about it all, but we were running an excessive amount of HGH, where my water retention was so high that I got like pedal edema, like the swelling of my feet and ankles. Yeah. How many uh, are you, are you gonna say? How many IU's of growth you were taking? I think it was 20 to 25. And for, 25. For, how, for how long were you doing that? A week. That's so much growth. Yeah. Because normal is what? Like four? Four I use? Honestly, four if you have real serostim, two I use does a lot. For two. Yeah, it's like two to four, right? Four yeah. Four end. is a high end. Um, yeah. Every now and then I'll push it to four and I, I see some swelling from that. Um, yeah, so. That's a in lot. In my body, like I'd never taken HGH. So. I taken like growth hormone secreted goggles like MK six seven seven. Yep. But never HGH. So taking twenty to twenty five IUs was like you could feel like the fluid retention like on your heart, your organs, um, obviously ankles, feet. My face was like a moon, just totally like water buffaloed out. But, what else did you notice um, besides the water retention on all that GH? What's that? What else did you notice besides all the water retention on all that GH? Um, I mean, that was pretty much it. My hunger, I was hungry a lot for sure. But we were also taking MK677 along with uh, the HGH as Why? well. So, <laughs> because we we're taking the insulin as well. Um, with the GH, we were just trying to pump down like as much food as we possibly could to get as much weight possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, the results came back and we dropped like a pound of body fat in that week while also gaining... A bunch of weight um that was like lean muscle tissue so their protocols are crazy but they definitely work and you know that's not to say that every single protocol that tony and trevor do is going to work yeah because they love to just experiment and see what works and what doesn't but it's uh it's a process if anyone goes through it so how much did you weigh when you started that versus the end of it because I've I've put on like ten pounds in a week on a high, fairly high dose of GH before. Yeah, I think it was. Uh, I walked into Tony's. I'm, I'm trying to remember exactly. I have it all documented with DEXA scans because I I had just finished a show, rebounded, um, started my next contest prep, then went and did it with uh, the transformation with Tony for a week, and continued my prep to my recent show. So that way I could compare the two shows because they were in such a short time frame. And then I'd be in a lean body state for both to see exactly how much lean muscle tissue I gained. Mm-hmm. But um, I walked in at 230, I believe, and walked out at 250. So it's wow. about like 20 pounds in a week. Damn, that's but I think crazy. the DEXA scan came back at like 17 pounds of lean muscle tissue. <laughs> that's fucking insane. That is insane. What did you weigh at your show? 
but which by the way got like a lot of flack people are like no that's not possible like you can't do that in a week but then like i even showed that my dexter scan results like not only they're like it must be water retention because obviously well muscle is water though guys you know? Yeah, exactly. Like the dexascan can't dif differentiate. Yeah. You know, if you were dehydrated before and your glycogen storage wasn't full, and then you know you take the dexascan after eating a bunch of food and you were way more full. So, but that was why I did the scan before, during, and then after my most recent competition, where my first show I was 207 on stage, and then my most recent show I was, I believe, 217 to 220 on stage. Wow. So, in that short time frame, you know, I kept while in a caloric deficit. Uh, like around 10 pounds, 10 to 12 pounds of muscle. That's pretty fucking impressive. Yeah, it's very impressive. Um, but, which is crazy because, I mean, what, normally, naturally, if you're, you know, training again, if you've been training for a while, like maybe a couple pounds a year. Yeah, if that. Yeah, so. And, and to be able to do that in such a short time frame, it's like, why wouldn't you do it, you know? And what did you weigh on stage at your show? 217. I was like 217, 220, somewhere in that range. So what are you trying to be next time you get on stage? I want to be like 225, I'm thinking. Yeah. If I could be like super shredded at 225, that would be ideal, I think. Yeah, I think so too. People don't realize how tall you are. Yeah. Yeah, six four. for those of you that don't know. Any thoughts of going into classic bodybuilding or are you sticking to men's physique? I mean, we'll see. Obviously, with doing like contest prep, I mean, you know, of course, and anyone who's done a prep, it's like a job. So mm -hmm. I started to notice the more I was doing preps, like the more my YouTube content started to like decline, like my energy levels, my motivation for videos, getting as many videos out. And I definitely just want to like grow for the next year, just put on as much muscle possible, focus right. on, you know, business, being an entrepreneur, growing my YouTube channel and my business. And then doing like a show next year because I qualified for nationals for my last show. So I might just try and tackle like a national show next year. How do the national qualifications work now? They stay for a year? I don't even know. They change the rules all the time. I don't know now to be actually. Quite it honest. used to be, I believe, it, it, it used to be first. the same calendar year, I think. So it's like if you did a show in October, you were mm -hmm. only good until. December 31st. Uh, and then at one point, I think it was uh, a full year. And they changed that around again. It's tough to say. I, I I don't know what the exact rules are now. I mean, I'm sure you'll, I'm sure you'll be able to qualify easy again anyway. Um, yeah, we'll see. How old are you? That's uh, 26. So you're still very young too. So lots of time. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, man, just, um, I guess the biggest thing I've learned though is with the YouTube channel, like getting into the industry is, there's just so much you learn, like the good and the bad. Yeah. And a lot of stuff I would have never guessed. So, and stuff I haven't spoken on. And, you know, as we've talked about behind closed doors, like stuff you know as well that has never been brought up. But there's a, there's a lot out there that people don't know. What would you, we asked the same thing to, to Mike the Compass when he was on here. As far as people trying to make it in YouTube, because everybody is now, it's fucking saturated and it's obviously much harder. What advice would you give to some newcomer that wants to be like Kenny KO? Do they want to be like my type of channel? Yeah. Or just a big YouTube? No, they want to be like, be like you. Like, like there's more, there's more like, what's the word I want to use? You need to be a, you just need to be a hundred percent patrol with super thick skin. Yeah. 
because I guarantee I receive just as much hate as I dish out. So, oh yeah, for sure. Um, without to. a doubt. So if you don't have thick skin and you can't take people hating on you or saying comments about you or posting videos about you, definitely don't do it. But if you're someone that, you know, likes to expose the truth and get under people's skin and it's enjoyment, I guess, a confrontation, then for sure, you know, strive to do it. But I think that's a lot of reasons why people don't make it as YouTubers, because you could be the best, you know, kindest YouTuber in the world. All your videos are giving to charity, helping the elderly, you know, donating every single thing you possibly can, blood, organs, whatever it may mm -hmm. be. And you're still going to get hate from some people, some keyboard warrior out there. And someone saying that, you know, you're doing this for clout or some, some I don't know, some, some comment out there. There's always haters for everything. There's so many haters, dude. But um, so if you want to be a YouTuber, full-time career, you need to have thick skin, no matter what it is. So not let anything get to you. If I let any comment get to me, oh my gosh, my entire day is nonstop would just be <laughs> totally ruined. There was, there was one day that, and I, I've told this story on the podcast before, and I don't know, I'm, I must have had other things going on in, in my life also that were getting to me, but there was one morning, and I'm not even a YouTuber, we just have a YouTube page, you know what I mean? Like, we're not like, we don't, like, I don't like promote my YouTube as like a, my media outlet the way that like Kenny Ko does or Mike the Compass does, you know? Like, that's, we just put our videos, here. here's our videos, guys, you know what I mean? It's much, much different, right? Yeah. So, uh, there was one morning where, and I, I never really like get into reading all our comments anyway because 50% of them are fucking trolls, right? And so there was one morning where it was like close to after the um, FDA like indictment came out. Mm -hmm. And I, I spent like two hours just going through all the, the comments on like maybe like our last like 20 videos. And some of them were like, I wish this guy would just die was one of the ones that I remember. Another one was like, this guy's gonna get like ass raped in jail. Like this, this guy's been putting out like shit products for years. He's finally gonna get, karma's finally gonna get him. And like the things that they were saying were so opposite of what reality is. And I remember I came downstairs and I was up there for a while and Marissa looked at me and, and like right when she looked at me, like tears just started coming out of my eyes. And she was like, oh my God, what's wrong? And I was like, I don't just read YouTube comments for like two hours and I, it just like fucked up my day. And she was like, why are you reading all those? And I was like, I, I don't know. I never do. I'm like, but man, I'm like, some of these people, they hate me so much. And they have like no idea what I'm going through, like what I've done, like the positive things that I've done for this industry or for this sport and like how bad they want me to like go down and shit when they're so wrong with what's really happening. And I know once this trial's over, they'll like see the true side of it. But until then, I guess like, I shouldn't read the comments anymore. And she was like giving me a hug and she was like, and then, you know, all your friends are gonna be like, fuck all that shit, dude. Don't read the comments or just haters. But, you know, and that is how I normally am. But I'll tell you that day, it definitely did get to me pretty right. bad. So you you have to have a, though, what's that? Those people will never come say anything to you. No, they never will. They never will. Ever. Nope. Ever. I've never had one person. I'm still waiting for the day that like some hater writes a comment and then also backs that up and comes and says it to me. No, it never will. It never will. I, I And we talked about this also with Mike the Compass. I've actually never, ever wrote a negative comment on anyone's YouTube ever. In fact, mm -hmm. I've never even hit the thumbs down button on anything ever. Now, I you, think I'm the same way, actually. 
I might have left like troll comments, but in no way like hateful. Yeah, like I just, I don't have that in me. Like I think it's a certain kind yeah. of person that has that in them that's like, I want to be really mean now and type it to you on YouTube, you know? Well, I think the, the main thing is, is like, even if I ever did have something negative to say about any video I would find on YouTube, as I would go to type it out, I'd be thinking to myself like, wait, who's going to answer this question? The guy that posted it, do I really give a fuck to talk to him? Mm -hmm. Like what, what do you really, I, I like, I don't get it. You know what I mean? Like to, to post a troll comment or something, it's like you want to argue with somebody, obviously not because of my video, just because you want to argue with somebody. Yeah. Like it has nothing to do with who or what the content is about. You just, this is how you live. Like, I think that's another misconception too, is people think because of my videos, I hate these individuals. Yeah. They make videos on, but it's like the total opposite. Like Michael Hearn, for instance, I made videos on him. I actually like Michael Hearn, you know? He's, I would actually, I guess, call him a friend. Yeah. Uh, Kiba, Brad, every single person I've thought, even Jeremy. Do you actually like Brad, though? And I'm in a lawsuit with Jeremy. But do you actually like, like Brad? Or, uh, I just want people to be truthful. And I bring, I, you know, those are what my videos are about. Like, I don't hate anyone I've made a video on. So, um, it's funny how people think that, though. Because because you make a video talking about someone in a certain manner, they think you like despise them and hate them. We want to know though. Do you? It's one thing to be nice, but do you actually like Brad Castleberry? <laughs> I actually. What's funny? I want to get him on a like a one on one interview podcast. That that's my like goal at the moment. Do you think, think that he could mentally do it? I don't know, and that's why it'd be like the most hilarious, hysterical <laughs> video. I feel it would be, it would like trying to get him to do that. It would be like, you know, like around like Christmas time when you like go to the mall and like the toy stores have like all the fancy shit out and they have like those like little robot dogs that like walk in place and they, it'll like right. hit the wall. I feel like that would be Brad Castleberry trying to do like an interview. <laughs> well, I've had talks with people too. I don't know if it's like mentally something going on with him or. He takes stuff maybe recreationally before expos or whenever I see him. Like he's like on another one, like yeah. another planet. I've watched him. I've never had the time to like sit and like, nor have I wanted to have any sort of a, like conversation yeah. with him. But I've seen him at all the expos, and right. you you there's one of two things. It's it's completely one way or the other. Either you're on some good ass shit, whether it's like MDMA, whatever, right? Or right. there's a mental, there's a major mental thing wrong. There's no like in between. And then what happens if there is something wrong and you take some MDMA or something and like. Maybe then, then you get a Brad Castleberry. Right. <laughs> yeah. So I guess to, to the question, do I actually like Brad? I mean, I don't dislike him. Yeah. I, I don't know if I would say like, we're like really good friends. I mean, obviously we're not even like friends. Like sometimes he's actually legitimately pissed at me. It's kind of like play it out, see how it is when I start filming with him. If he's mad at me at the moment or if he's like cool with me filming. But. He more so just intrigues me because I'm still to this day trying to figure out if it is something mentally or if he takes something. He is like, intriguing. Because he's the same off camera how he is on camera. It's like the most trippy thing. People think he puts up this front and this personality for a camera. No, he doesn't. He has like, kids and shit, right? Down to like SoCal yeah. and saw him walking on the street. He's going to be like shirtless flexing on people. <laughs> yeah. How old are his kids? I don't know. The age. Maybe if I had to guess like. Nine to thirteen. Is he maybe? involved in their lives? I think so. Really? Like fathering them? Yes, that that'd be like the age range. I think he has two. Hmm. I think he has like a daughter and a son. With the same girl? And I don't know who the baby mama is. Oh yeah. No idea. Hmm. I don't know if it's different. 
different baby mamas, same one. If he's even with her, if he's not with her, I have no she idea. She probably can't take him either. She was probably like, go do that Makes shit sense. elsewhere. She's like, don't be tagging me in them posts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, you want to get into some of these questions? Yeah. Was, all right. We, are, we have already spoken for a long time. How many questions are there? Um, are there specific... Um, there are, are, are there specific Kenny KO questions? Because I'd yeah, rather let's we'll do those. Go. I don't know if I have the, I don't know if I have the 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 ability to do all the other questions. No, right we'll now. just do the Kenny. Let's ones. do the KO. Because how many yeah, questions yeah, were yeah. there? Um, there's, uh, there's quite a few. Yeah, let's let's go right to the Kenny KO ones. Then. Yeah, so we'll start there. To anybody who sent an older question before the Kenny KO ones, I apologize. We will get to them next week. <laughs> all right. This one says, "Hey PJ, Josh, and Kenny, I've been trying. I've been trying to catch your cardio Q and A to talk about the proof Sammy wrong experience, but because of the time zone difference, I'm in Australia. I usually end up watching it in your story. I'm Insta underscore Chef. I'll give you my honest opinion and feelings on each segment of the program, but I will start by saying how much I appreciate you letting me participate. I hope the information I'm giving you is what you're after, or if there's something else I could do, let me know." Uh, if there's anything else I can do to say thank you, please let me know. Week one through four, super strong only. Starting weight, 97 kilograms, plenty of fat to lose. By week four, I was down to 90 kilograms and looking a lot leaner. Oh, he's a UK guy, huh? I actually sent you photos on Instagram, if you remember. Strength climbed slowly, mood positive. However, I was snappy, which isn't like me. Perhaps you have a reason why that may be. My diet was on point this period too. So five meals a day, one cheat burger on Sunday night. PCT one, to be honest, this period wasn't great for me. Super down in the dumps, almost quit my job, ate my diet, but almost from just super strong for this is the PCT afterwards. Yeah. But all he did so far was super strong, right? The week one through four. Okay. Um, I don't think it had anything to do with the subs themselves. Just overwhelmed by many factors around me. I put four kilograms back on up to 94 kilograms. Super strong plus brutal force. Wow. Just wow. My favorite subs to date. I will. I will maybe said, I, I will note, I felt snappy again for about the first week Then I was back on top of the world, back on my diet for this period. Again, I got back down to 90 kilograms. To be honest, even though I ate really well, I didn't drop much more. The lowest point I saw was 89 kilograms, but oh my God, I felt strength, strength, awesome. Dieting was almost easy. My chest and shoulders had veins that I had never seen before. Previously, my and my non-existent sex drive kicked back into gear. I have honestly suspected for quite a while I had low test and bought my first few bottles of test E before the challenge, but held off until starting the program is over. Uh, the super straw plus brutal together made me feel normal again to wrap it up. I have lost as much weight only taking super straw. I think yes. However, I would not feel as good. I would not be as strong and my sex drive would have probably been worse. I hope this info helps and feel free to ask me any more questions when I catch you on the Q and a, if you feel I missed something, thank you again so much for the opportunity. You kicked my ass back into gear when I needed it. Hashtag peace out. Bye. Well, that's really good. I mean, look, the main thing is you went from being natural to suppressing your hormones and taking a pro hormone and super stroll is, um, works with your DHT receptors. So it's going to make you a little bit more aggressive. And, uh, that makes sense of why you felt a little bit down during the PCT phase. Um, I mean, it sounds like you got really good results overall with it. I mean, I don't know what was like the actual like question part of it. I mean, just die, like breaking it all down. He, he kind of got almost like textbook results on everything. I would say. Yeah. I'm looking at it again now. I don't really see any question. It says podcast question in the title, but I read everything that he said. No, no. Um, 
All right, next one says, hey, PJ, I'm 25 years old. I feel like I have very low test levels. I've used pro-hormones in the past, and every time I go to my doctor, they refuse to test me for it. How would you recommend going about getting an open-minded doctor? I do not want to use underground stuff. Would you trust places such as Titan Medical and places of that nature? What do you think of Titan Medical, Kenny? Um, I mean, I was actually just about to start a thing with Hulk Medical. With um, who? Which is probably the same thing, honestly. Probably. They're everywhere. But, yeah, if your doctor won't test you, there's plenty of labs that you can just pay. I think I, I did it with Tony for the week transformation was go um, pay like 100 to 150 bucks. They'll test you for everything, your thyroid, estrogen levels, test levels, yep. um, cholesterol, all sorts of stuff. Yeah, that's my so, advice to you. There's mm -hmm. tons of them now. I know so many people with uh, Titan Medical and people ask me all the time, like, hey, what's your opinion of them? And I'm like, I don't know. I mean, they seem to be with a lot of people. You know, so what's the one that you're, what's the one that you just did it with? It's a, it's a new one that's starting. It's Hulk medical. So they'll be able Hulk to medical. Yeah. They'll be able to not only do the blood work for you, but if you are low test, they'll be able to get you a prescription for tests. So you can just go to your local pharmacy and get testosterone. All right. There you go. All right. <clears throat> it's funny. Cause uh, when I first started like taking gear, there was this stuff that I bought online that was from Hulk labs. And mm -hmm. it was a super like bathtub homebrew type huh. style shit. And it was like, <laughs> had like a printed label on the bottle with a picture of the Hulk and nice. the, the liquid itself, the gear was actually green. That's funny as fuck, <laughs> Man. like bright fucking neon green. And like they, <laughs> they had it right in their FAQ. Like we use grapeseed oil for the green color because it's more effective for whatever bullshit reason we're going to feed you to make you buy this stuff. Yeah. I was like, I don't care. I just want it because it's the Hulk and it's fucking <laughs> green. Right. All right. Next Marketing. one says, what's up, PJ and podcast crew. I am new to the podcast. I've listened to about four of the shows over the past week. I have to say it's a phenomenal show that is full of great information, honesty, and laughs. I've been a Legion member for a few months now, and I currently use 10 of your products. Chosen One, Abnormal, Resurgence, Trojan Horse, Growth, Eradicate, Orthobolic, Three-Way, Hyperloaded, and Dust V2. I am 37 years old and have been taking supplements since 1999. Damn. I have to say that Blackstone Labs is the best supplement company I have used since the ban of Ephedra and Andro in 2004. Sure. I have worked 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. for seven out of the last eight years and have not had my blood work done. I assume my hormones are terrible due to the night shift. I am looking to do some classic bodybuilding shows in the A class. I am 5'5", 185 pounds and 16% body fat. Do you suggest any protocols for a night shift or shift workers to get a sh show ready in for May of 2020? I can increase, can I increase my dosing of your pro hormones beyond the suggested dose of two per day per product? Can I take a SARM simultaneously with your pros or should I cycle between them? And is there a lot reliable source out there? Before you answer, I generally eat 2,800 to 3,500 calories with a 40, 30, 30 macro breakdown, but I will rotate through high and low carb days based on life. I have two kids in an Italian family, so times do get kind of crazy. Looking forward to hearing from you guys in the words of Goggins, stay hard. <laughs> I mean, it, it, whether you're working a night shift or day shift, your diet requirements are the same. It just means you're on a different split as far as when you work than everybody else. Never like change anything just because you're working nights versus days. Um, and of course, there are numerous ways to go through dieting and whatnot. I mean, you could, you could either try to get into my Q&A every day and, and just ask questions and, and do it all like that, or you can hire a prep coach. There's a lot of good prep coaches out there. Um, yes, you can definitely take more than our required 
um, dosage of our pro-hormones. We always know that you guys are going to freaking take more than you're supposed to. So we put conservative, you know, labeling on there, assuming people are going to probably take twice as much anyway. So there's tons of guys that I know that do even three or four times as much as pro-hormones as what's listed. Now, we don't recommend that, but there are definitely people that are doing it successfully. As far as, um, I never know, this is good that we have Kenny here for this. I never know what to say when people want to know what's like a good source of SARMs. You know, what do you say, Kenny? Uh, I mean, I have a couple. I only go with uh, SARM companies that are third-party tested because mm-hmm. one, you know what you're paying is what you're getting. So... There's a lot of SARMs companies out there who will either sell you, because it's a research chemical, they can put whatever they want in it, really. So they could be selling you a pro-hormone. It's, it's all pretty much about cost. So as long as it's third-party tested and you know what you're paying is what you're getting, I have all the sources on my Instagram bio if you're actually curious. But there's there like go. Pure Raws, um, Swiss Chems is a good one. Seems Pretty like everybody talks party. about Swiss Chems now. What's that? It seems like everyone talks about Swiss Chems now. Well, it's because they're the first to have the injectable SARMs. Yeah. Yep. So, and that's big because, I mean, it hasn't really been heard of. The injectable so, S23 is fucking godly. Yeah. Everybody right. loves it. And, I mean, it sucks that it's like such a short half-life, so you have to pin every day. That's yeah. a little bit of a pain. But you'd have to do the same. For instance, um, you could throw out, say, injectable Winstrol, which you'd have to pin every day and go with injectable S23. So... Um, the benefits are definitely there and they're the first to come out with that. Who's to say when these other SARMs companies will come out with the injectable SARMs as well. But yeah, there's Pre-Raz, Swiss Chem is probably the most popular and most well-known is proven peptides. Um, let's see, I'm sure there's other good reputable sources out there, but those are the ones I go with because I've been taking them and trust them. I think there was also a part of the question of taking like pro-hormones with SARMs. I did that for my first competition this year. And I mean, I love the results, honestly, like combining a pro hormone with a SARM. Um, it was actually really, really good in my opinion. So there's not a, a downside to it. It's like when people take injectable and oral steroids, just, they're just different things are doing different things, you know, like it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's fine to, you know, compound things together like that. All right, so we have only about 20 minutes left of recording space on this memory card, so we'll bust out a couple more Kenny KO questions quick. Yeah, get them in. Time. Yeah. All right, next one says, Hello, thanks for the great podcast. I'm curious to know oh. if Kenny had blood tests done after his cycle he did with Tony Huge. I would also like to have PJ's opinion on SARMs. I have access here in Canada to a university lab who produces them for research purposes. I just finished eight weeks on 20 milligrams a day of rad 140 that I added to my TRT of 200 milligrams a week. I gained 11 solid pounds and strength gains were impressive. I had blood work done before and after the rad 140 cycle and it completely destroyed my lipids. And also my ALT is now two times over the range. Surprising. On a positive note, it lowered my SHBG and my PSA. Take care. Hmm. Surprising that 20 megs of rad 140 did that much to you from the muscle building yeah, side to the negative blood work side. Yeah. That's, a, that's actually really surprising that just RAD would do that. I'm there could have been other, other things though going on here, like other variables that I'd need to know as far as his diet and everything else before I could really right. break that down. I mean, I could see maybe high dose RAD affecting lipid profile. Um, I don't know. That's an interesting one. I wonder if there is actually other things in there. How long did you say you ran it for? Eight weeks. Did I get blood work after the Tony? 
um, transformation? No, because I was still mid contest prep. So I just continued to run test base. When was the last time you did get your blood work done? Kenny, when was the last time you did get your blood work done? Um, right before we did started the transformation with Tony. How was it and then? Everything was good. Estrogen levels were normal. Testosterone levels were high because I was still mid contest prep. So I was on test. Mm -hmm. So, which is a good thing. I mean, I mean, it shows I was getting legitimate gear. Yep. Um, estrogen levels, yeah, were normal. The only thing that was messed up was my cholesterol. I was going to ask, how was your HDL? Yeah. So what? cholesterol was fucked up for sure. What kind of number? Still, what kind of numbers did you have for your cholesterol? I mean, I'd have to look at the exact numbers. Go online. But it was definitely bad. My good cholesterol was low. My bad cholesterol was high. Um, and there's things you can do to combat that. But of I think anytime you're taking anabolics, it's going to throw that number off regardless. Yeah, guys, um, you should be taking krill oil. Uh, a lot of people think fish oils. Take krill oil. Krill oil is superior. Ubiquinol, you should be taking uh, turmeric. There's a number of things that you should be taking. Um I, I I go straight to glutathione when it comes to liver stuff. You know, everybody will be like, oh, you know, you know, milk thistle or this or that. If you if you do glutathione, you're gonna blow away anything orally that you can take for for your liver. But you you gotta be doing stuff for your lipid panel. What and about Tutka? Tutka's very good. Tutka's very good. I took Tutka for years. And then once I got into doing IV glutathione, you could go into the doctor with like triple digit AST and ALT and get one push of glutathione and be back in range. It's just that fucking powerful. So you have wanted to try that. That's crazy. It's mega, mega powerful. Uh, in fact, if you go in there very toxic, like when I was drinking all the time, um, mm -hmm. if you go in there very, very toxic, you actually feel the detoxifying effect in like intensely. Like I've gone in there after, you know, a night of drinking like two bottles of, of vodka, had an IV the next day and literally like been like pouring sweat, shaking of all the shit, like coming out of my body afterwards for the rest of the day. It's nuts. Oh man. The other part of that question yeah. was yeah, your um, opinion on let's see. My thyroid was normal. Everything else came back normal. It's just my cholesterol was like, oh, and then my platelets were high. Um, Makes which, sense. Which was, to be, which was to be expected as well. So yeah, that, that, I, I that goes like aspirin, or I guess you could go like donate platelets if you wanted. Um, we usually tell people that have elevated platelets or hematocrit, things like that, to donate blood. Um, yeah. Well, we know Kenny likes SARMs because he's done a bunch of them. My opinion on SARMs is that I think that uh, there are a lot of SARMs that are great. I think that the people that are giving SARMs a bad rap are old school people that don't want to look into the new technologies that we have as far as supplementation. Um there are a lot of people that don't like pro-hormones. You know, there are a lot of people that think that the old pro-hormones are better than the new pro-hormones. There are a lot of people that think the new pro-hormones are better than the old ones. There are some very good SARMs out there. Right. There are some very, very, very good SARMs. I have become a huge fan of S23. I always liked Osterine. Many people like LGD. Many people like MK. There are some very, very good SARMs out there. I just say you should edu edu you know, educate yourself the right way and just try them out on your own. Yeah, right. I think just really trial and error. <laughs> Next one says, what's going on, guys? I hope all is well. I have two questions that I'm interested in. First to Kenny, what are your thoughts on RAD 140? Have you ever taken it and at what dosages? I was thinking of supplementing it at a low dose around 10 milligrams for the first week, going up incrementally for eight weeks. Any negative side effects in your experience? Hair loss, shedding, suppression, et cetera. 
For PJ, on the other side, I'm interested in chosen one and what to stack with it. I'm looking for drier gains, so I was thinking of possibly including Halo, Glycolog, etc. What are your thoughts on this? Any way to be insane and stack chosen one along with the Rad 140? It is that, or is that just stupid? Again, any side effects with this pro hormone? Also saw using Palmetto and Finisteride for hairline. Any way Finisteride would counter the possible hair side effects from Rad 140 or Chosen One? Thank you for all your time. I really appreciate it. Kenny, do you want to answer uh, the SARM stuff directed to you first? Yeah, I'll, I'll try and go quick on that. Yeah, I, I love RAD 140. I took it my first contest prep this year. Um, super lean, muscle tissue. Great fat loss aid, especially if you stack that with like a carterine yeah. or other pro hormones. Carterine's pretty awesome. PJ, we'll touch on it in a second. But RD140 is amazing. I never experienced any side effects. Obviously, suppression, but as long as you're running like your test base or you run a PCT after, you know, you'll be totally fine. Um, no hair loss, but I really just think that's primarily genetic and then also dosage based. But because you're starting so low, I don't think there'd be any type of a problem with that. If you're prone to male pattern baldness in your genetics, then, mm -hmm. you know, it's just your luck of the draw. Um, I have genetics of great hair, thick hair, so I don't think I'll ever have that problem. If I, even if I ran like DHT steroids, Winstrol, Anavar, all sorts of stuff, um, Masteron nonstop, I really don't even think I'd have a problem with hair loss. So it's really just person dependent. Um, yep. I always recommend with SARMs though, like, you know, you mentioned start the dosage low to see how you tolerate it and then increase the dosage from there and then get the most out of it. I but. think that um, Rad 140 and Chosen One do stack together fine. Um, mm -hmm. The one thing that I would say with um, any of these things is the more that you do and the more that you do even together or alone, the more you're going to have to put into your PCT afterwards. That's just, you're, you know, you're going to really suppress yourself and you're going to be having this false level of androgen in your body right. that's going to go away. And like, I noticed it a lot when I stopped taking S S23 and I'm on fucking testosterone. You know what I mean? So if you're not on shit, you're going to really, really feel it. So you better PCT5. You better freaking Apex male. You better do the right thing when you PCT afterwards. Right. What did you feel after yep. S23? When I stopped it, yeah. I felt like when I was on it, I felt like Superman. And when I stopped it within a matter of two days, I was like, I didn't have the same, Tired, I didn't have the same urge in the gym. I almost kind of lost my motivation to even work out a little bit. Um, and I felt weaker in the gym for sure. Like I couldn't move the same weights. Like, like I noticed it for sure. Like I was like, I noticed it right away. Uh, and I talked to other people and they're like, yeah, man, it like, you don't realize it, but it makes you fucking Superman when you're on it. Like you realize it, but you don't realize just how much it is until you stop and you're like, damn, everything's sore. I can't push as much weight. You don't realize how super you are until you go back to yeah. Clark Kent. Yep. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Like you don't realize while you're on it. No, you, you don't. You, you realize it a lot when you come off. Like I'm yeah. on it now and I, I like I'm everything's good. So, you know, I, I, we'll see what happens this time when I come off. Last time when I came off, I was like, damn dude I, I feel like a lot fucking weaker and less motivated maybe you need a bridge to bridge between your s23 and your test somebody else was telling me that you should bridge it with, yeah. I, I think it was sammy actually oh of course um bridge it with var i think somebody was telling yeah. me just just bridge it uh did i answer this question i think i did right yeah i think so yeah i think so yeah i think stack it as well yeah yeah Chosen one is really good. It's just it's gonna suppress you just like any other pro hormone, you know. Just to be ready for that. Anyway, Finisteride could counter possible hair side effects from Rad. Yes, it can, but it also is gonna 
counter the effects that you get anyway because you're you're stopping the affinity to the DHT to the receptor. So it's like, do you want to take something and lose your hair? Do you want to take something, lose a little bit of hair, hope that it grows back? That's all comes down specifically to whether or not you're in line for male pattern baldness because I have never taken finasteride or saw palmetto and I've taken everything that you can imagine for the most part, never lost any hair. And I have friends that have done one cycle of winstrol, no exaggeration and fucking massive amounts of hair came out of their head and never came back. Yep. Right. That's all case specific. Right. I agree. Any more for Kenny? Mm. Um, uh, I, uh, yeah. Oh, we have more. Oh, no. No? Nope. Good, because my attention span is This other dude's name is Kenny. That's why. (laughs) Okay. That was a good amount of time we put in here. A couple hours, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think we give the people what they want. Three hours. We had people saying that they can't wait for this. Um, I got to say, um, I I enjoyed your company very much, Kenny. Thank you for coming on to the podcast. Anything you want to plug before we leave? Is there anything I want to plug? Is that what you said? Yeah. Um, I mean that one guy that's buying like nine products from Blackstone used discount Kenny KO. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think he was a Legion uh, member, but yeah. I mean, if you guys want to find me on YouTube, I'm sure you can just look up Kenny KO. You'll find my YouTube channel, Instagram at real Kenny KO. Hopefully you can find it after the shadow band's gone. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it as far as social media. I'm sure you guys will be seeing me around in videos and, you know, I hope you enjoy it. Yeah, you'll 100% see him at the LA Fit Expo with us no matter what. But you'll see him in some videos with me before then. We're in the process of of uh, lining up some dates. I was thinking about setting him up with like a really sexy orangutan shoot. Maybe be like the first guy that I shoot with orangutan. Hell yeah. Or should I just, <laughs> should I just keep that to the girls? Leopard print banana hammock. <laughs> I don't know how orangutan would feel about uh, that. Are we trying to pull a Cassidy Campbell here? <laughs> Hell yeah. Oh, well, we really appreciate you uh, coming on the show, Kenny. I knew it would be a good one. No, of course. No, thank you guys. And, uh, you know, hopefully some people learn some stuff from this, either if they want to be a YouTuber or how to take certain supplements and whatnot. I think everyone wants to be a YouTuber I'm now. That's idols, I guess. That, do you know that that's the number one? Um, this, this is like such a hilarious world that we live in. The number one career, like when you ask little kids, like what they want to be right, right now is a YouTuber. It's not weird. It's so fucking weird. Well, it's right? not. It's not as weird when you think about it in the sense that if you rewind time, uh, twenty years, and you ask a lot of kids, they would have said, oh, "I want to be a TV star," because that's what yeah. all kids watched at the time, and that's just all. That's Dude, what my all kids my, are watching my right friends now. that are parents, their kids watch YouTube, not TV. Right. Exactly. I watched this little kid that was like, he has his own YouTube. He's a little kid. And it's just him like opening toys. Yeah, it's called Ryan's Toy Review. Fucking, you know what it is. See? Well, yeah. I only know what it is because he made the most money on YouTube last year. Really? He made the most money on How YouTube. How much money last did he year. make? $23 million. Fucking A. How old is the kid? Seven. Seven? Yes. Shout out to his parents, dude. Yeah. Is that fucking crazy? That is yeah. nuts. What about this kid that, that uh, this fucking Mr. Beast or whatever the fuck his name is? What is, what is oh, his? Oh, yeah. He's making a killing, too. Yeah. How does this happen? Uh, that one I'm not so sure about. How? Oh. I don't know. He just started to do crazy shit that no one would do on YouTube. And then started to get big sponsors that gave him large sums of money that he would just go throw at people. What was the craziest or, uh, thing that he did? I've seen him do some pretty nuts shit. Like what? I'll do I mean, fucking anything like, right now. I'll do like anything right now for like a thousand bucks. Well, like you're in one of his videos. I am? Yeah. Doing what? You didn't know that? No. When you were buying the fucking 
the TV or the the computer shit. At oh, with him? I up, I was in a video for that. There's a there's a, Wait, it's funny too. You because, were in the Mr. Beast video? Yeah, yeah so in the background, I'll have to see. He, it. He's what? it's in the background. He like it's a clip of Jake and when we first met, yeah, and you and and him in the store and I somewhere in the video it's saying something about how like I don't know. I forget what it was, but it's it's they were doing something unrelated, and then it just cut to a clip where him and you and Shelby were in Best Buy, and you're like, or you're there with Marissa. It's you and Marissa are yep. in the video, and the camera goes by, and it's you and Marissa standing there, and like the video that got posted on YouTube was somebody pauses it, and they're like, "Is that fucking PJ Braun in this video?" And I was like, "Holy shit!" I thought it got sent to the group chat. Nah, I don't think I saw it. Yeah, it was right around. The I time. remember that moment though because he dropped like five grand on her. Yeah, and Best Buy, and he was wanting my like advice on shit there. Yeah, it was right around the time that all all that first started, or right around the time that she was leaving yep. here. That somebody posted the video and was like, "Oh, PJ Braun is in a Mr. Beast video." Something like weird. That. I didn't even know I was in it. Yeah, I should sue them for fucking using my identity. Well, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Those if, like, crazy views. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Maybe we should cut that clip of me in the Mr. Beast video and we should just put it on my my Instagram page. Boom, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah right? Hit him with Mr. it. Mr. Beast wanted to film with me. <laughs> <laughs> that's Eric, title, Eric, that's, that's your next year. I want you to do that, Eric. He's, uh, He's got headphones <laughs> in. He's, not He's like, fuck these guys. <laughs> All right, well, uh, that's it. I'm going to smoke this cigar outside in the fucking blistering hot sun. Yeah. And on that note, we're going to end this like we always do with a peace out bye. <laughs>